Hello and welcome back to the Red Sector, a podcast about speedy motorbikes. On today's episode, we talk about the speed bump test course that is Coda. <laughs> I'm your host, Matt Plansky, joined as always by the creator of the Red Sector MotoGP podcast, Josh Wilson. Josh, how are you doing today, bud? Yeah, um, very well after that uh, exciting weekend of MotoGP, um, a bumpy weekend of MotoGP. But um, mm-hmm. well, we'll get into it soon. It's um, quite a lot to dissect, I think, this week. Um, there is and there isn't, but you know, there's certain things that we'd like. I know there's there's a certain thing that you would like to discuss about Matt. Um, so I'm interested for that. But yeah, pretty good. Yeah, and it wouldn't be a show without our walking, talking MotoGP encyclopedia, Bono. So Bono, how you doing today? Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm very well, thank you. I'm just very looking forward to ripping the absolute shreds out of your nation's great pride in motorcycle racing. So <laughs> yeah, let's crack on and get into it. Yeah, so uh, we'll get on to the news. Um, first, we want to start with the somber note because this is our first episode since Dean Vinales passed away. Um, we send all of our thoughts and prayers to the Vinales family. Um, It's another horrible incident that we hate to see. Um, We'll get into it more in Moto3 because of what happened in Moto3. We'll get into it. Um, But yeah, we wanted to send our thoughts and prayers to the Vinales family, um, which leads us into our news as... Maverick did not take was not taking part in this weekend. Um, the weird part of it was, uh, and I heard this on another podcast, he was like halfway to the U.S. and then was like, "I can't do this." Oh really? I didn't Which I, it, yeah, I thought it, it was. It just sounded weird because it's like you would think like right off the bat, it's like you know a relative of yours passes away doing the same thing you do for a living. It's like. For me, I'd be like, I can't, like, you, sorry, I know it's a new team and everything, I can't do this for a while. But, like, he was actually going to try to race and then, you know, bowed out. Yeah, it's very much the norm, though. It, 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 I don't want to say it's the norm because I'm, I don't want to misinter- get that to be misinterpreted, but it's the norm for these guys that no matter what happens to kind of, okay, put your helmet on and, like, mm. blank it all out with with anything whether that be a big crash or you know maybe like a bit of a worry about like austria last year when we saw the big crash between zarco and morbidelli it was we'll still look probably at... in all everybody's minds to be like i don't really know about that that barrier not being there and you know kind of when you've made the corner thinking am i going to get hit by a bike that's sliding off so mm-hmm. i don't want to make it sound like it's a norm for these sorts of things to be happening with um dean bertavignales and We've had Hugo Milan and Jason. It's three too many, obviously, but it is very amazing how, like Vinales, Maverick Vinales, can just sit there and be like, "Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll try because I, I do always." And I think he chose the right, you know, I think he chose the right idea in giving it a miss because, I mean, even if it's not family, I think if any of these guys would have turned around and said, "I'm not feeling it," like it's just. You know, whether he's fi- the guy was 15, whether it's somebody who's coming up through the ranks or whether it's a experienced person that's injured, 
passed away or anything like that it there's no way on earth it just gets put to the back of your mind and then that's it like some people can do it with the helmet on but as soon as that helmet comes off again there's no doubt you're not thinking about it so it is definitely worth not risking it especially with it being like you say maverick's cousin and and whatnot mm-hmm. in his own team it is very sad but i don't blame him at all for not participating in the in the race well and look at what happened with uh jason you know mm-hmm. same dirt the same track and they find out about it the next day and everyone yeah there were people like Peko that are like we shouldn't do this but then everyone else is like no this is what he would want he wouldn't want us to stop yeah, like you were saying, you know, it's just sort of like you, you, everyone, like you almost pay your respect by racing and by pushing forward. Yeah, yeah, it mm. was a bit like the Simoncelli. I remember when Simoncelli passed away, and his father, very outspoken guy, when it came to the whole, like you know, what would Marco want, or what, what would, what's kind of the next step. And he straight away was like, if it happened, not that he'd want it to, but if it was to happen to anybody else, Marco would just pay his respect in riding for them. So it would all, yeah. uh, you know, definitely have been the case of ride for Marco, don't not ride. Because ultimately, it's never nice to see, of course, but knowing that they passed away doing something they love is the only sort of thing you can kind of compress it with in a way. Mm. But again, like you never want to see it. It's so sad, especially again, like 15. I mean, we've all been at that age. We all know what we were all doing at 15 sort of thing. And that that guy's coming through the ranks and trying to make something of himself and unfortunately lost his life doing it. So, Uh you know, like I say, there's no positive at all from it. No positive at all. Um, I just hope that if anything comes from this and the other instance, this year, it makes us think that there's never an uh, an end goal with health and safety. Like yeah. we can always keep improving, we can always look to improve, which I don't doubt nobody disagrees with. But clearly, you know, some things you can't avoid in in motorbike racing. You're never going to be able to afford um, avoid. Sorry, the fact of when a rider crashes, that that rider is then susceptible to being hit. That's a given because you're not. It's not like a car where you've got the the car around you, and you know if you get hit, you've still got the car around you. And on a bike, if you if you're off, you're on your own, then aren't you? So mm-hmm. finding a way to make that as safe as possible is ridiculously difficult. But you know, I don't believe for a second that we found the absolute, you know, premium of safety, so to speak. No, uh, but uh. Mm-mm. Uh, there's one point I want to get into about that, but we'll save it for the Moto 3 because it deals a lot with like what happened in Moto 3 this past weekend. Um, the next bit of news, uh, we're going to talk about the we got a calendar, a provisional calendar, mind you, but we have the 2022 provisional calendar, so I'm just going to go in order, I'm not going to throw out dates or anything. Um, we're going Qatar. Indonesia, Argentina, America, Portugal, Spain, France, Italy, Catalonia, Germany, Netherlands, Finland, Great Britain, Austria, 
San Marino, Aragon, Japan, Thailand, Australia, Malaysia, Valencia. Big calendar. It is massive calendar. 20, 21 21 races. 22, 22 races? No, 21 races. New races yep. as well. Yep. Obviously, we've got Kimi Ring and... Um, is it called the Mandalika Street Circuit? The yeah, the Mandalika International Street Circuit. Yeah, the, which I don't understand how it's unreal. a I don't yeah. understand how it's a street circuit because they are basically building the track. Yeah, the reason it's called a street circuit is because when it's not in use, it will be used as a public road. Okay. Um, and there's actually a hotel facility in the middle of the track, which is it looks beautiful on the uh yeah on the planning but mm -hmm. it's basically called a street circuit because what like i say when it's not being used it will be open to the public to drive that, around as i've Crazy. gotten more into like european motorsports the fact that certain tracks are used as a public road half the time blows my mind yeah. <laughs> like spa or the one that like blows my like just blows me away every time i think about it, mount panorama in australia I love that track. I've got such the, a soft spot for that track. If if you look at it on a map, it's basically a cul-de-sac. Mm. Like, the road is the track. There's little, like, dirt trails that come off of it and go down to houses. So, <laughs> Mount Panorama is basically a cul-de-sac, and then it comes back out to a main road. I suppose mm -hmm. in the US, it's just like, we want a circuit, build a whack-off stadium there and just well, yeah, put it there. We have, I, I mean, you figure there's so much room over here, you can basically make just a little circuit in the middle of nowhere. I mean, Pitt Raceway, where Moto America goes, is in the middle of the woods. You come mm -hmm. off this one street, you go, the road is literally up to the track, and then it's in the middle of the woods. It's in a clearing in the woods. I mean, even things like the Isle of Man TT. I mean, obviously, yeah, it is the road. Like, not one part of it yeah. is a is a private mm. you know, course or anything. And there's people driving around it and thinking, "Oh, next week you'll have the likes of John McGuinness flying down here at 200 mile an mm -hmm. hour. It's insane." Yeah, 21. Yes, races. that is a lot. I'm trying. I'm just yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm just comprehending that now. Like, I'm 21. Used to seeing, like 18 races and stuff. Yes, it's crazy. It's a compressed schedule i think it's going to be quite you know fast and furious i think it I still think... ends in november um, yeah november 6th is valencia november 6th so it's quite so, so we're going to have could, a few back-to-back -back yeah i just qatar is i didn't mean to like yeah. interrupt or anything but if you mm -hmm. actually look at the provisional yep. i think there's one big like sore thumb so to speak and if you fast. look um, you've got aragon then you've got like Japan and Thailand week after week after week. Mm. You mm -hmm. imagine racing in Spain and then going to the time zone of Japan oh. in the next, like for the next four or five days, like the jet lag of four or five days later to then go to Thailand, like the traveling as well. Let's not forget that. Like you're finishing on the Sunday at Aragon. You might fly to Japan on the Monday, which is probably what from Spain. 18 hours 16 hour flight something like that i don't know exactly so don't fire any shots at me or anything but let's just a, a guess so that's all of monday taken up then you've got to get a sleep schedule to a japanese time for mm. tuesday wednesday then ready for thursday for press for friday saturday sunday to then fly down to Indon uh, i don't know if it's indonesia i think it's thailand not indonesia, indonesia thailand yeah like that 
don't know. It's what, Aragon. What you, is it just me that think that's a bit like questionable? Yeah, there's triple edit. It just seems obviously it's provisional, but it does seem all crammed in and a bit all over the place. Like we're going back to Argentina. I'm guessing yes, sorted, I like Argentina. Argentina's the third race. I'm guessing they've sorted the the pit. Yeah, kind of the paddock mm-hmm. area out after the fire. I'm looking forward to going back to Phillip Island because I adore Phillip Island. Island. Mm -hmm. Well, and here's the thing I'm looking at because I pulled up a calendar. They have, okay, so you have Aragon, September 18th, which is a Sunday. Then you go immediately next week, Japan. Then immediately after that is Thailand. But then there's a week break between Thailand and Australia. Why wouldn't you move exactly? Why wouldn't you just break do the week? Back? Why don't you just do Japan a week later, then Thailand a week later, then you've got triple header of Japan and Thailand, Thailand Australia, Australia, mm. and then, or oh, and then, well, oh, maybe that's why it would be a like a quadruple header at that point because you've got Japan, Thailand, Australia, Malaysia, because well, you just move Malaysia like, a, or you could put like a week in between. Like point being. Don't have triple header of Europe, East Asia. Like that's the yeah, right. point. Like just it's move it anywhere, just not there. I think I think next year though that will come up at the time. I think there's gonna they've be got a to, lot of they? I know I'd like to say Josh, of... I know it's provisional, but they've got to have a word about that, surely. Right. Yeah. Because all the yeah. riders are probably going, Great. And then like Josh says, it'll probably come to next year and they'll be like, nah, hang on a minute, I don't you'll... know about that. Yeah. We'll get <laughs> yeah. You'll, I reckon you might see a couple of mistakes in Japan from riders and they'll put it down. Not enough. That. Yeah. 200 mile an hour bike down <laughs> back straight in Mateki, yeah. just nodding off. <laughs> but but overall, it's a it's good that we've got some kind of structure. It feels it's like... Obviously kind to of be feels back like, outside of Europe though, isn't it? Yeah, it feels like normality from next year. Um, well, and it's... Where... The one nice thing that I liked about it was that you didn't have like... A, a Red Bull ring one and one two, and two yeah. a Mizano one. You know, you get you only have Portugal on here once. It's so nice to see that because even though, like, like this year we went to Portugal at the beginning, we're going to Portugal again at the end. And so there's like a whole Red Bull ring back to back. Unless yeah. it, the cl- like what happened this year, where the clouds open up, there's really not much parity between the two. Yeah, mm. I, funnily, funny you mentioned that because I remember watching Red Bull Ring Ring Two, and then I remember a good friend of mine asked me to do an endurance race on Gran Turismo, and I was like, oh, what, what, what race is it? And he was like, it's like, I think, 50 laps or 80 laps of Red Bull Ring. I was like, I don't want to see <laughs> another wheel turn at Red Bull Ring. I was like, I don't want to do that at all. I'm done with Red Bull Ring. Yep. <laughs> don't worry. I think there's better tracks. There's definitely worse tracks. For me, it's like a, a mediocre, mm-hmm. but I have seen so many races at Red Bull Ring yep. in the space of two years. I am done with seeing Oink. Red Bull Ring 1, Red Bull Ring 2, and it being like FB1, FB2, FB3, FB4, FB... Like, and then done it uh, next week. Yeah. FB1, FB2, FB3. And like the worst part is, like not only has MotoGP done it, but F1's done it too. Yeah. 
Like we've had eight races in two years at the Red Bull ring. And the only parody you get is if it happens to rain. I mean, I yeah. bet Red Bull are happy. They've had more promotion this oh, year, yeah. two years yeah, yeah. than anybody else in the world. Yeah, but uh, um, I'm I'm definitely on on board with that. I'm happy to. I think they they did well, didn't they? Really, to kind of not that it took a rocket scientist to figure it out, but the to kind of get around COVID to do back to back races. Mm-hmm. They they do make for good races sometimes because you get mm. people in the next week doing a completely different approach. So there right. is that that's a, a positive. But it's like the year and a half now, two years nearly, is kind of wearing out. We're like, okay, can we see something else? Like, yeah, we yeah. don't want to see the same is, track hours and hours and hours on repeat. Like, is there literally anywhere else you can go? Yeah, I am um, hoping they um they get. I don't know how likely it is, but I'm hoping they get um Bono resurfaced. Go oh, Bruno. Bruno, Bruno, yeah, oh, Bru- Bruno, Bruno, yeah, great track. However you want to say it, but yeah, that needs that needs to be back. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. I thought it was funny on the last on the breaks podcast. Um, they've been asking my you know quick fire question: What track would you? What track not on the MotoGP calendar would you like to go to? And they ask Cal Crutchlow, and he goes, "Bruno," because it's not on the calendar anymore. Mm-hmm. And they had to go, "Okay, which track in the that hasn't been on the calendar in the last five years would you like to go to?" What did he say? Did he say like Donington? Or Donington like Park. Yeah. How did I guess? <laughs> no, the, the 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 constant debate of go back to Donington, go back to Don. Like honestly, I could have that. I could I could do a podcast just on that. Like that's not even. I there. I just did two ACC races on Sunday at Donington Park. I don't want to see that track for a while. <laughs> yeah, I I did I, I so very, much testing. I'm very I, biased. Uh, it, like I say, it is my it's. it's 20 minutes if that away from my house um so i love donington for that reason and it was the first <laughs> first ever grand prix i went to so i have it as a bit of like a connection but silverstone facility is so much better for moto gp but on the mm-hmm. on the topic of um circuits i am very intrigued to see our gp get on at kimmy ring not necessarily like moto 2 and moto 3 because i think they'll be fine i think gp will be fine but it's very twisty and I, I'm always mm-hmm. a bit conscious of twisty tracks with GP. It almost feels like it's becoming almost like what F1 sort of used to be when it started. Well, kind of still is where it's like, when's somebody going to overtake? Like, don't get me wrong with bikes. Yeah. You, can, you can bomb up the inside a lot easier than you can on a car in a car. But with the Kimi ring, it's like, if you if you overtake, it seems like one of those tracks where, yeah, but if I overtake him, four other people could get up on the inside. It just seems very like one line, one line, one line, You've one line. You've got that everywhere. humongous back straight. Oh, that back um, straight. For oh, the Ducatis. And that's about it, really. I saw well, there was KTMs as well now. There was a... Um, in one of the F1 discords, I mean, there was chatter about F1 possibly going to Kimi Ring. And I'm like, no. Am I absolutely not? It will be a nightmare. And then, of course, you get the news that uh, F1's going to Qatar, you know, n- this year. Yeah, which to the humps and bumps for GP then next year, because no doubt every every F1 car's going to rip well, shreds out of that time. Right? Man, not that they can't afford to resurface it, I guess. But well, did I mean... you? Uh, there's apparently news that. Um, 
because they signed that 10 year deal F1 and Qatar, but it's not specifically for LaSalle. They said that they're going to do like this year and next year, but they're going to try to have a F1 built track for 2023. Uh, I mean, it's, it is there's an and there's the enough flat so I land won't, I, I won't yeah get like f1 and flat tracks and um tilka are like a match made in heaven uh, in heaven sorry but <laughs> at the same time i think yeah they've got the money to do it but mm-hmm. i think they'll probably go to LaSalle for maybe three or four years and then probably build another mm. one depending on the reception yeah. they get but again they're not depending on fan income like if they go to silverstone they're like you know we want you to sell it out at qatar there's probably about 500 people that turn up because at the end of the day nobody out there is that bothered about bike racing and if they are great fantastic because you can always get a ticket but the Mm -hmm. people that are organizing it obviously you have to pay an extra amount to be like we want to be the starting race on the calendar the introduction to the year and same with like the, the last race hence why you see um abu dhabi hosting the last race in F1 as opposed yep. to Brazil because they go we spent X amount of billions or whatever on this track so for that reason and an extra bit of money we'll have the last race mm. but right. with Qatar it's again it's not like they're saying well you know what are you bringing to us because then they just go blank check write what you want on that and we'll uh, we'll pay you that to be the first race <laughs> right. of the year and, we'll, um, and to stay on the calendar for me I don't think it's the worst track on the calendar, but I would not be fussed if I heard on the calendar the next year, Qatar is no longer on the calendar. Like, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be... Yeah, oh, like, I just trying to go, meh. Yeah. Like Obviously, Jeremy another track Clarkson. we had two races on, that was... That was... Hard. Let's just say that. To, yeah. to watch two weeks of, of Qatar, I was... Mm. I was happy to see the end of that when that came it up. It was, you know, that would be the last, last wheel turned. But <laughs> I don't know. What I'm trying to think. Of another, I mean, what track would you get rid of? Before we move on to Moto Three, I know we've kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent. But what track would you get rid of on the, let's say, next year's provisional calendar? If you could get rid of one, what would it be? Um, like just completely get rid of one, yeah, or just literally be like you're not, okay. you're not you're not on the calendar anymore. <sighs> I know mine. Mine's Thailand every day of the week. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> hate the Um. True. I mean, if I was ride, riding on Saxon Ring, because I'm absolutely awful at it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think. I thought you were just going to say, like, Saxon Ring shape, riding it, and me thinking you meant, like, in real life, not that you've gone round Saxon Ring. <laughs> but I'm thinking, does he just not like left-handers? Or, like, is... <laughs> so I can turn right, I just can't turn left. No, on, on the game, I'm absolutely... Shocking at That's it. why if you go to Hull, you'll just see some random guy on a bike going around a roundabout and never getting <laughs> off because he just goes around and around and around. <laughs> you got um, me in there actually. Um, um, what get rid of one second? <laughs> pick coat. <laughs> it was up there actually. I was thinking about it. Oh. Um, <laughs> let's say let's say Kota gets resurfaced. Let's say like there's nothing nice, with that. Yeah. Be good. Uh, one, uh, one, I'm thinking. Man. I'm even looking at the calendar and I can't pick one. Drink, maybe I don't know. Take your dog for a walk. We could be a while. 
like I have a I have a personal one, but I feel like it would be very unpopular opinion. Can I ask what that is? And if it is Phillip Island and Mugello, I will. It's it's Malaysia. Oh man, no! I have done no, and here's why. I have a it's a very personal reason. Uh, the MotoGP this, league this I'm in be for a Xbox. Good fucking reason. I have. I, The MotoGP league they did for preseason was at Sepang. I have done probably 10 hours around Sepang to the point it drives me insane. I, Sepang for me is one of the best five circuits. Yeah. And that's why I said, like, it's going to be a very yeah. unpopular opinion, but I that like been the next just, one. Yeah. <laughs> after so many hours of going around that track and falling and having to get back up and trying to whip a Moto2 bike around there. And I, God, I hate it. Hmm. I think I don't know. Um, purely on racing. Uh, God. I think my next one besides Thailand probably would be Qatar. Personally, Qatar. I don't think Silverstone's the best for racing. Um, what about Barcelona? No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Josh, good for Wilson, well, no, just I'm... said. Get rid of Silverstone, basically. That's, I didn't say get rid. <laughs> that should be the podcast. Not. The podcast if, title. If you're gonna write, if you're gonna rank it, based on I think Silverstone's MotoGP great for racing. I don't think it's um, been great, like in the last year or so. But like, probably Valencia. Yeah, my um, <laughs> he doesn't listen to these podcasts, but my dad has got an absolute vendetta against Valencia. He, honestly, <laughs> my dad would happily just like surface over the whole of that track and just make it a big lump of tarmac and just get rid of it. Why is that? Because he's like, it's boring, it's tight, twisty, there's no, like, nothing going on. The only good corner there is the last corner. And I'm like... 2015, yeah. by any chance? Huh? Is it due to 2015? No, chance? no, he's just, to be fair to him, as long as I've been alive, I've known Valencia to be like... I'm not going to reference it to anything else, but think of the worst place you could ever think of. I was basically brought up with that Valencia spawns the worst people in the world because of <laughs> the hatred that my dad has for the circuit. I know. Um, Mark Marquez just couldn't get past um, yeah, Lorenzo. Really struggling that year, wasn't he? Really struggled. Really struggling that year. Just don't know what it was. I can't quite put my finger on it. it why I couldn't get past him. It was just terrible. Terrible for Because when Pedroza got past him, he could yeah. get past him, but I, I don't quite know. I really don't. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, uh, anyway, you know, I've just... moved on. I've moved on. I, you know, I'm, I'm not over it. Uh... <laughs> the last uh, bit of news we'll get on to before we start talking about the racing. Um, and it wasn't so much news as it was just like a reoccurring thing over the weekend. The bumps of Coda. Uh that's a podcast it, itself. Uh, yeah. And, you know, there, yeah, it was, the whole thing is from like turn two to turn 10 is basically just, you know, like a speed bump test course. Like there was a meme that came up of Mark Marquez making the last corner. Yeah. And like, that, so yeah. it was from behind him looking up the hill of Coda and it's just speed bump after speed bump. <laughs> Yeah, I think and... it was, um, if you go on Insta, I think it's Riding Graphics. I think that's the name of the people that mm -hmm. did that. But that honestly, I, I remember them going to Bruno for the last time. 
Oh, and I God. remember like when that was the last year and people were like, this needs resurfacing badly. Like if it doesn't get resurfaced, we can't come back. And it was one of them where you, you heard like rumors around that weekend of people like this weekend just gone going, I'm not riding. Like, it's too bad. I don't want to ride. That, what I saw at the weekend, by far is the worst condition I've ever seen any track that MotoGP have rode at. <laughs> by a mile. Absolute, like the bump at turn two. Like you, you could have put a tank through that corner and you'd have seen that take off the floor. Like the, the bump yeah. there was so big. I just, I don't know what, what safety commission gave that a good view in before and went, yeah, that seems good enough for us. Send, you know, send MotoGP around there. Should be fine. Well, and the worst part was like everyone was saying, like the riders were saying, like, oh, it's pretty much the same or it's, it, it's as bad as it was in 2019, the last time they were there. I said, if anything, it's probably gotten worse. I'm just trying to but think it of wasn't what corner like, it was. That, that downhill drop left before they get I to think the it was pin. turn nine. Is that turn nine? I'm trying to think. Like, I think so. Two. Hold on. Dakota. I, I don't know. There's so many um, left, right, left, yeah. right, left, right, left, right in the mid, like the, the first sector. Also, that first sector in Dakota the game track is map. awful. <laughs> the get. I'm sorry. Just a quick now. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I, I've come to my senses of this year's game is is, is awful. Like, Obviously, I, I'm talking about twenty. I never bothered. You're on twenty, aren't you? Right. Yeah, I never. I, yeah, he, I, he didn't get don't, twenty. Don't get twenty one. It's crap. I don't. I don't buy every year. Okay. Um. So it's either. Year. So turn nine is the sharp left hander, and then turn ten is the left hander as you go down the hill. Because turn 11's the hairpin before the back straightaway. Okay, so turn 10. That corner yeah. where it like drops down. Awful. Like, mm -hmm. in terms of safety, that was so bad. Do you remember? Uh, you'd have seen it, Josh, on BT's coverage of Mia going through there. Oh, he's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, showed my, I like, showed my wife hop, that. Hop, hop, hop. Like... Oh, and then there was one of Zarco going through mm. there. Yeah, where it showed like how... Yeah, and then it showed like his uh, the cockpit view, like from where his dashboard is, and when he hits that, the whole camera just shook. Yeah, mm. you see, the they're gonna resurface. What is it? The first from turn two to turn ten, because that's all saying. they can do. Yeah, or something. Which the the funniest part of it is in what like a couple weeks, F one goes there. Mm. What is F1 gonna say about this? Well, I mean, F1 are only gonna make it worse. Which, if it's getting resurfaced, yeah. it doesn't really matter. But at the same time, if you're in, if it's F1 and it's bumpy, yeah, it's bad. Like, I don't, I'm still all for it. And being on the F1 side of things and being like, this is not, this is not on. But you're not gonna get flung off a car in, you know, in F. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like on a bike where one's like bump and you've been sent to the moon. Like your car's Just damage a floor. If your left side of the car goes over it. Yeah, it's horrible. It feels I can only imagine how bad it feels, etc., etc., etc. But you're not going to fly. Like the I I'm amazed, amazed that nobody flew off at that sharp left going through like turn ten or whatever it was. Well, somebody did because Garcia no, went I mean, off like there. GP, I know. Yeah, I know Garcia. He kind of did it like up the hill. He had a weird crash though, didn't he? Yeah, because well, he got caught up on one of the bumps <laughs> and it like bucked him off the bike. To where he was hanging off the right side of it and basically like 
realized he was going to go into the barrier, let go of the bike, and he continued to slide into the barrier. Yeah. I mean, he got badly winded, didn't he? Which we ended up finding mm-hmm. out was like a was it bruised his kidney? A bruised liver. Liver. Or, yeah, yeah, it was his liver. Hmm. God, I mean, he's lucky to get away with just that, really. But, um, yeah, resurface in Dakota needs to happen. Which I mean, I remember reading a statement last year during like the deep, deep, deep part of COVID. Um, Dakota actually made a lot of their staff redundant. So clearly, financially, they're not in a great place. So I don't know no. where they're getting the funding for to resurface it. Which tells me happy to be proven wrong i want to be proven wrong but it tells me that it won't be the greatest resurfacing job do you know what I mean? no it'll be like, like um like it's gonna be it'll be like in cars the first time he resurfaces the road <laughs> the movie cars yeah. <laughs> um well and a big problem with it is that um oh crap oh uh coda's privately owned so, you know, tracks like Barcelona, where it's owned by the government, yeah, you know, I mean, the government can subsidize motorsport in, in Spain for stuff like that. So even like, yeah, for example, Acosta, just prime example, needs X amount of money to compete in Moto3. Paid for. That's <laughs> literally how it works. <laughs> like, Ridiculous. if they need something covering, they pay it because they know how much money they earn from it. That all their like exports, if you like, of Spanish riders and Spanish public and whatnot. Besides football, it's the biggest thing in in the country. So they know for a fact that people are going to throw millions mm. and millions and millions and millions, mm-hmm. out, which is great for Spain. But then people go, "Why is there like fifty percent of the whole paddock yeah. Spanish?" And you're like, "Well, that's why, <laughs> because right. they actually do love it, and the the government subsidise it." So, like you say, Coat is privately owned. Hence, why they made a lot of people redundant last year. Yeah, it's, it's and whatnot. very difficult. It's but where have they it's like with from to resurface that. That's got to cost them an absolute arm and a leg. Garcia, Garcia did bruise his kidney. It was a hematoma. Oh, they're bad. What, what yeah. are you going to say, Josh, about Coa? You're going to say something? I uh, no, I was just going to mention, obviously, with um, with Bruno. Or Bruno, whatever, however you spell it. I think they should put a U in there or something just to make it. E R N O. Pronounced like Bruno, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, there's the dispute there, isn't they, with the track and the local government yeah. mm-hmm. on who needs to foot the bill for the resurfacing. And it's not exactly a small track to resurface. So sadly, no. on that front, I don't think we're going to be back there for many years. And if Cutter doesn't pull his finger out, I don't know. It I mean, imagine be. if like Saxon Ring was in Spain and they needed that resurfacing. It'd be like, that's cheap, that's yeah. absolutely easy, that is. But the thing with Cota yeah. is, I can imagine it'd, be, it'll just end up like British roads where it's just little like bits. Potholes. Little, little, little patches just <laughs> yeah. resurfaced here and there. Can you imagine like, oh yeah, if one's going right, just be careful, Lewis, because round turn two, there's now a pothole there. You yeah. have to ignore that. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a fun. sinkhole that opened up. <laughs> um. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys because they've got Coda on the schedule for April 10th. That gives approximately like, what is it? It's October now. So you got November, December, January, February, March, late April. October. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you've so got, got roughly November. six months. November, December, January, February, March. Yeah. And then they're there April 10th. 
So if there was a, you know, they can't get the track to MotoGP quality and they have to cancel Coda, but they want to keep a race in America. What track would you like to see them go to? Route Can they go 66 to 20? at this point? I don't know. Can they go 20? I thought Laguna <sighs> Seca is not up to spec. Yeah, Laguna's out. Yeah, Laguna wouldn't pass think, a safety test. I mean, I don't think there are any, is there? Indianapolis would probably, but at the same time, nobody turns up to it, and it's not very dog. MotoGP track, is it? It's not it's, really it's a... pretty poor, I'll be honest with you. For a Jeep, like, I, I think it's good that they have the facility in America to make, mm. like, in, like, what they call, like, infield tracks mm. in the yeah. course. Um, so... Great, great, but... I about, remember watching about, Indianapolis um, races at Jeep, like with GP, and I was just why like, the <laughs> why did they just do the Daytona 500 or the, what is it Daytona 250 200, the Daytona 200 yeah just I, do that. and that's we were talking about this in Bono's Discord uh, about you know other tracks in the US Daytona's my dream track to see MotoGP on to see the bikes on the banking would just. Oh, it'd make my little oh, yeah, American I mean, heart to, sing. Um, yeah, I was going to say, sorry to burst that little American I bubble. I don't think it'll ever happen. Ever happen. No, I mean, they might as well do the TT. They might as well do Monaco that. at this point yeah. if you're doing that. Yeah. Like, but... but uh, the... <laughs> sorry, something interesting, though. Recess in the track, obviously, we know with Portugal how recent that was to when they raced on it. So, really, mm. 10th of April... You want it to be done a month beforehand, two months. Well, it to needs, let it all. It needs testing, doesn't it? It, it needs testing. Like, it's brand new. It, crack yep. on. Like. Obviously, it's, it it sweats out all the kind of grease and and all this palaver, mm-hmm. whatever you know, whatever comes out. So it's not really safe to race on straight away. Plus, it's going to be really weird because half the circuit's going to be brand spanking yeah. new, and then you're going to have the other half yep. of the circuit's like this ragged old, like <laughs> motorway kind of like. Standard yeah. of road, like potholes. So, there is a track I thought of that MotoGP could go to. No, Matt, we're in... not going to Pittsburgh. Like, forget no. it. No, we're not going. To... I, I've already cut. Co- when I went to that track and saw like the layout, I'm like, MotoGP could never come here. There's <laughs> not even a paddock building. But this could it. never happen. <laughs> we'll keep dreaming. Well, no, there's another one. And the reason I went with this one, and I, I'm not a big fan of this track, but Moto America goes here. IMSA, IndyCar, Road America. Oh, I, I don't <laughs> mind Road America, but I just, nah. I, I, I've, I've raced there in Forza, in a bunch of other games. I'm not a big fan of it, but I know it's on Ride 4. I know bikes can go around there. They even put a kink in, I want to say it's after turn uh, 10. This turn 10 is where it like loops around. There is a kink they can put in there so that the bikes basically aren't going full bore down that like from turn 10 to like turn 13. Yeah, I know what you mean. To be fair, you know what? I don't know about the elevation change in like certain corners and stuff like that, but personally if you said to me would i rather have road america or would i rather have indianapolis or would i rather have genuinely laguna seca i would pick road america over them because mm-hmm. people unpopular opinion 
But people gas Laguna Seca up like it's the best circuit to ever live. And it's literally oh, yeah. just because of the corkscrew. If that corkscrew wasn't there, how many people would love yeah. Laguna Seca? Yeah, if they that. just took the corkscrew out and made it like a big curve the whole way around. Yeah, it, it, like the, the following corner after the corkscrew, if they just made it a big downhill swoop into that. Yeah. How many people do you think would be begging for Laguna Seca to be back? None. Because no that's all it is. That's That's literally all it is. It's just a big... Oh, the corkscrew. And even when they raced there, <laughs> Moto2 and Moto3 didn't even go there because they didn't have the facilities <laughs> to even have them there anyway. Yep. Yeah, I think I think if Kota was taken off the schedule other than Road America, that'd be it. There'd be no American race. The thing is, like, Dorna have got... They've kind of got their finger in the pie of America now because they're, they're trying everything they can. They've got an American team. They've now got, like we said before we started recording, we've now got three... American riders next year. So they they are kind of pushing for America to be in the paddock. It's just bringing the paddock to America is like, right, what are you doing? And then we've got like this zebra crossing filled track of Kota that's just a state. But I mean, it's all well and good saying, oh, don't worry, it's, it's going to get resurfaced. It's going to get resurfaced. The, like I've said, the fact that we even went there in the first place in the state that it is, I think is whoever made that decision should be sacked like <laughs> health wise why would you do that why especially yeah. considering like i've said it's good that we're going out of europe now but imagine going all the way out of europe to that like the money that people yeah. have paid and then being like we're riding on this like we've paid thousands and thousands to get people over there and we're riding on a motocross track basically for half of it mm. Um, and yeah, that was Road most America of the would be my next option. If, you, if it's a good shout, Matt, to be fair, because I didn't really think of Road America. Yeah, it's it's one of those tracks that, like I like, like I said, so many racing series over here go there. I mean, short of NASCAR going there, pretty much all of the American motorsports go there. Like I said, Moto America, IndyCar, IMSA, a, a GT World Challenge might even go there. Yeah, just a it's... quick one on circuits. <laughs> and I've just had a bit of a brainstorm, but it, this is not like me making it up. This is an actual thing that's happening. MotoGP have just signed a deal, I think just before COVID or during COVID, with Hungary for a track to be made and with Brazil. So there's going to be 23 circuits and I don't think there's going to be 23 races. And that's true. Like you can look that up, because I remember when they did announce the Brazil one. I remember Frankie Morbidelli being over the moon about it, because obviously he's half Brazilian, half Italian. And right. Hungary, I don't know if it was in a, I think it was in like a, a MotoGP 21, like the game Discord. There was a few Hungarians in there, and they were like over the moon mentioning Hungary coming to GP because they knew it was going to happen. And I, I, I know I've seen it, but. What's going to happen there? Because obviously it's good that we go to South America with Argentina. I like Argentina. I wouldn't like it to be we only go to South America for one race and it get rid of mm. Argentina. I think Argentina's made for some brilliant races. But what do you get rid of? Please be Thailand and Valencia. <laughs> yeah. Thailand can yeah. Thailand can just you know, bugger off. I like Valencia, uh, Thailand. Cause... You don't. Sure I you don't. don't. 
I'm actually all right at the game, so that's what I'm basing it on. Josh just likes it because he's good on the game. Yeah, like, the racing could be shocking, but if he's good around there, it's a good try. I'm I'm not good at it on the game, and I don't. It's game. such. I just hate it. It's so boring. Yeah, it's literally like, like turn, hold, turn, hold, turn. Hold, yeah, because you stop. come across start finish line, and then it's like ninety degree white hold. To be fair, U-turn, hold. To be fair, I've never been a massive fan on the game anyway, but in general, of Mategi. I think it's got a good last sector, but other than that, I think it's pretty naff because it's, again, 90 degree, 90 degree straight, 90 degree, 90 degree straight, 90 degree short straight under the tunnel, 90 degree S section straight, uh, sorry, S section, 90 degree straight, Hairpin straight, ninety degree, little fast S S section into the final corner, and mm-hmm. again, like it's very block, 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 block. Mm. It's like a jigsaw. Do you know what I mean? It's it's been put together with different pieces off the shelf type thing. Never been a big fan of Mateki, really, but Japan's obviously so imp- you can't not go to Japan. Go to Suzuka <laughs> if they could, safety wise. <laughs> A million percent I'd have Suzuka bike. But the bumps day. there. Jesus. Yeah. But it, they just the safety wise, if it was if it was done properly, Suzuka would be amazing to have on GP again. Mm-hmm. Be amazing. Look, like I said, I know it's in ride four. Um there's a lot like just looking at some of the tracks in ride four, there's a lot of possibility. Imagine if they made Spa safe for GP. <laughs> There's talks of that. Well, actually, Matt, I'm just going to stop you there. Bit of a somber note, but there were talks. Oh, uh, and yeah, with Spa, yeah, yeah, CEO she got Spa yeah, she passed away for um, GP to come back to um, Spa, and was in very, very good talks with Dorna for a long period of time to actually start funding it to make it safer. Has now sadly passed away. So yeah. whether the next person yeah. in line continue pushing with that i don't know but they they have genuinely like lined up the fact of spending millions to re like not just resurface it but you know like through radion el rouge and whatnot to just space it all out for gp and make it safer anyway yeah because they were talking about it during the uh 24 hours of spa earlier this year Mm. so i was watching it and they were like a a couple times they mentioned at the broadcast that moto gp was trying to come there i'm like how how do you you can't. Would be amazing though, Spa. Like, I'd... oh, it'd be beautiful to see. But I mean, just There's like only so w- many tracks with... you can get in one year, though, isn't they? See, it's like yeah, you put I them think... all. Yeah, you got to start Bruno. We got Bruno that Josh wants. I'm on that box, but then again, if you get Spa, it, it, you mm. don't really need Bruno on the calendar anymore. <laughs> in a sense that they're quite similar, um, you know, quite vast. Vast tracks, um, but then it... a lot to it. Quite scenic views. Um, but, but then you have to if, start. But then, if I'm not good at spa on the game, then it can fuck off. True. <laughs> I'd love to see a calendar based on Josh's ability on the game. Just it just be like we're going Saxon <laughs> Ring, Saxon Ring Two, Saxon Ring Three, Saxon Ring Four. I'll, I'll definitely get rid of Saxon Ring, Valencia, <laughs> Qatar. <laughs> I'm not too quarter, but only the like first sector of quarter. Um, 
just cut that bit out. Um, right, so we'll we'll just have a point to point race at Cote, yeah. one lap from section two <laughs> to section four, and that's this, it. Yeah. So um, at this rate, the red sector uh, uh, calendar has Qatar taken off, Coda replaced with Road America, Saxon Ring replaced with Spa, if Spa's good. An unsurfaced Bruno. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an unsurfaced Bruno. Uh, Thailand, Motegi, <laughs> and Valencia gone. You get a limited edition Spa. You get a, It's the Josh, Josh Limited, where you get one go around it, and if you beat the target time, it stays on the game. If you yes. don't, you yeah. never access it again. Basically. Mal- Malaysia's the last race. That, oh, I'd love if they still had Malaysia as the last race. Or like Phillip Island. Can you imagine Phillip Island as a season finale instead of um, mm. Valencia? I just think Valencia's a bit dry for the last race of the season. You, yeah, can't over- like... you can overtake, but like is just so much better. Ooh. Where'd they have the last race last year? Wasn't it Algarve? Valencia. Um... No, because that was where yeah, was uh, Valencia was where Mir. Yeah, it was Portimao. Yeah. yeah there's I mean, so many better tracks that could have yeah. the last race. So many mm-hmm. better tracks. Yeah, because overtaking it, Valencia's shocking, really. It's just crap. Like, the, the, there's just no. There's no, like. Symmetry. At, atmosphere, but it just. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the yeah. vibe there is just a bit like eh, yeah, it exists. Bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, whereas so Rossi, you've got this huge facility, and every corner's got a different kind of character to it. Mm. There's so many, so many good corners at Sepang, as you well know, Matt. And it's fast yes. flowing. They could even have a night night race at Sepang if they wanted, because they've got they the facility probably for that. Yeah. Should. Yeah. That'd be good. I don't think that'll ever happen, but like that would genuinely be a spectacle. That I would love With... to. If they if they said to me, not just me, but if they said to if they said to people, Sepang in two years' time, we're going to trial a night race. I would genuinely look at going to that. I, would I think I everybody would because the temperature wouldn't be a hundred and thirty degrees. Well, you say that, but it's Malaysia, so it's one of those there where it's like it, it it's almost like as warm at night as it is in the day. So it's always in, humid. Yeah, being that close to the equator. Mm. Yeah. We've not even talked Moto three. I just pulled up the I just pulled up. So we're gonna get into Moto three. Uh the hectic race, maybe. It was seven laps. It was more than what they what F one classified as a race. Mm. Um so you know, the winner Guevara with Fadja and McPhee on the podium. Um, but the whole it all kicked off lap seven when uh Philip Salich went down. They red flagged the race. Salach gets you know goes to the medical center, gets checked out and everything. They restart the race, but with when they restart it. They're only doing five laps. They're not going to finish out Moto3. They're just going to do a five-lap sprint race. The third lap of that five-lap sprint, uh, Dennis Onchu, coming down the back straightaway, moves in front of... Key point you just slightly missed there, Matt. The second lap, the leader of when it got red flagged in the oh, first place, yeah. Isan Guevara pulls up because I think it was the... A what was it? broken like rear, rear shock. shock. Yep. Yeah, the rear shock had broken, so obviously he's 
out of the race, so yep. to speak. Not uh, a happy then bunny. The third in his yeah, not, not happy, kicking and, you know, getting he woods, really. threw a tantrum. He did, but I also do have a bit of like, people were giving him some proper stick, and I was like, if yeah, you were, I, I, if you were I, fighting for I, the first ever GP, like, he's never fought for a, a GP yet, and you're in that position, and then it got taken away from you from a mechanical thing that obviously is in nobody's hands, they would try to do it. You would you would be pretty peeved off. And you're a like, teenager there's... as well. I mean, how old is he? Yeah, he's like 17. I mean, when I was over 17, I'd throw a tantrum when I was conceded a girl on FIFA, <laughs> you know, FIFA <laughs> um, leagues, online leagues. You Josh know. throws a tantrum now at the age of, what? how old are you, Josh? Yeah, 27. 27? 27 when it comes up on the calendar on his career mode, and it says Saxon, Saxon ring, ring in I a week's time. Simulate. <laughs> He tries to kick a stool and falls over. <laughs> yeah, like I, that I, I was didn't... the funniest part of that whole thing was when he goes to kick his chair and it like fa- he falls over. Yeah, oh. he, I I get it. I do I, I do kind of get it, but I understand the same side of like what's the point in doing that? Like, but as you were saying, Matt, um, you sweeps over, um, kind of. Causes a bit of an incident, I think. A, nice a bit. Way of putting it. <laughs> um, take wipes out Alcoba's front wheel, causes a, a BMX ramp basically for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mino hits it, goes to the moon, and then Acosta comes along and Costa says, hits to the moon. It. Uh, no, I go to the sun and just I, I go to the Armco barrier. <laughs> he flies, and I know we're joking about mm-hmm. it, but like I was saying pre recording. If anybody listened to this was watching it live, you will have had the same reaction re-watching the crash in that you're like, I don't want to relive what I was thinking when that crash happened because mm. I remember one happening at, I think it was Sepang 2012 where a Moto2 rider on down the back straight clipped the grass, bike went into the middle of the track and then amazingly everybody survived and was completely okay. But it was just flames, parts, and everything flying everywhere, and that's the last thing you want, especially down the back straight when you're. I mean, what what speed are they hitting down there? Maybe like on a Moto three bike, probably about uh, thirty mile an hour, under forty mile an hour. The yeah, top is, right? speed of the race was a hundred was one hundred and forty five kilometers an hour. Right. So what's that uh, miles an kilometers? Hour? Uh, like one hundred and ten. I don't know, something like that. 150. Uh, hold on, I'm pulling up the conversion. Okay, maybe I'll uh, kind of 145. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't seem right. 90 miles an hour. No. 90? No. I'm looking right here. There's I, no way I think the quickest speed at Cota is 90 miles an hour. Sorry. I no think. Way. The way it's listed, like the standard or the uh, results for the race, Guevara hit 145 kilometers per hour. When you convert that to miles per hour, it's 90.0988 miles per hour. Mm. Is that average speed? I just find, yeah, because uh, my, my 125 could do 85, so I don't know. There's no way on earth 90 miles, it's got to be an average. Has to be surely. Uh, see fast lap sequence. Average lap. Let me get it up. Average lap. 
145.7. Top speeds was 240 kilometers. Jesus. Which is 150 miles an hour. So I was right. 90 miles okay. an hour. Okay. <laughs> I was like, 90 miles an hour? Yeah. I was like, they're doing what I do. Like, that's like 20 miles an hour faster than what I do down like the M1. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So any- anyway, anyway, um, Onchu sweeps in front of Alcoba, mm. Me and You flies, Acosta flies. And yeah, I just. It, Honestly, I just can't believe, even still, and I never will believe that they all got up and walked. Like I, I thought, at least one of them would be badly injured, if not worse, like genuinely worse. Mm-hmm. Well, and like mm. the worst part was whenever uh, Alcoba goes down, like all you see on the footage is just bike parts fly, bikes flying, parts flying. You're like, what is happening? Well, your first Yo. thought is, where's the rider? Like, has he been right. here? Yeah. Like, that's the that's the first thought. And then you're seeing this rider spin out in the middle of the track, and you're praying that everyone mm-hmm. behind him sort of clocked on and gone right. You know, sort of that the race is there's, there's no way on this earth anything like that happens that they're just going to yell a flag it and pull them all aside and crack on. Like, so no, and especially after Steve you've already had a red flag. Yeah. Yeah, you, red you've flags already red flagged it Yeah. Um, Dennis Anshu does receive a two-race ban for the incident, which I'm happy to see that you know, race directions finally getting, like, trying to take a stance on it because all this stuff with, like, you know, you, you almost felt it was coming with Moto3 because you get stuff like, uh, it was in Barcelona on the, like the last couple laps where I forget who it was. I know. I, I remember re- what you mean because everyone was sort of going through the last corner on the pre on the yeah. lap. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's gonna take? Yeah, it? like, who's oh, take I don't want to lead. Uh, the, there, it's the tallest person in Moto Three was leading at that point, and he didn't want to be leading, and he was like trying to check up and get people to go past him. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I remember. It, I remember Rodrigo oh, definitely pulling to one side and being like, "I don't mm-hmm. lead." I can't remember who it was though. But um, he, the the issue I want to point out is, of course, the stewards being reactive rather than proactive. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw something on Twitter. You might have seen it. One of you two, um, or both here about was it Alcoba? Um, possibly Alcoba. Uh, weaving. Just as badly, oh, yeah. if not worse, than um, what Onshu. previous to that? Uh, yeah, I've not seen that, and nothing was done about it. But it was, it was. I think I'm pretty sure it was because I think Messiah posted something about it. Oh, um, if you could send me that on Twitter, that'd be a good, good thing to look at. Um, because, and it's kind of true because it, it feels, runny, and it shouldn't be this way that. We're only getting seeing people penalised due to if the something bad happens. Right? Yeah, if something mm-hmm. bad happens, and yeah. it shouldn't really be like that. It's, it's not... like it's like ironically the same guy on you at Mizano should have never erode with the concussion, right? But it's like, yeah. oh no, we'll let it go until until somebody critically injures themselves, then we'll let it go. But no, we're happy to go along with it. I just that philosophy is just disaster waiting to happen. It really is. 
And if you're on oh, and- now with the, the penalty that he's got, You'd be looking at that Alcoba footage. I mean, I've not seen it, but I'm taking your word for it that you'd be sitting there thinking, well, just because I've made someone crash, he's doing the same thing, getting away with it. So, we're right. tagging you in it now. I've just seen it. Yeah. I mean, and... for me, for me, like two race ban, harsh. Mm, I, don't, I don't know. I think one might have been enough. Two is like, look, we're, I think two kind of stamped the foot down of we're not having it. You know, we, we are seriously not taking any form of that which if that sends a a message out to the other riders to be like no weaving like weaving is fine it's weaving when you know that you're kind of next to a rider that is not. yeah if you watch this alcobo one it's it's oh yeah i see it really it's wow i just pulled up your uh i just pulled up twitter and was watching it jeez Uh, yeah he he moves like right in front of somebody else Let's have a look at this. Yeah. That could have been I mean, nasty. yeah, yeah, pri- yeah. Exactly what you've you've sent there is that's worse than on Tuesday. It's worse. So, it, one of the things I heard in on another sh- podcast, um, and I don't know because, like, we were talking about safety earlier, and you know, the, the one of the things. Is the three, you know, between Jason, uh, Hugo, and now Dean, they were all lower class riders where the bikes are homologated, the bikes are all within like the same spec to put more emphasis on the rider as opposed to the bike. If MotoGP, if Dorna, here, because this is MotoGP World Superbike. If they were to be like, okay, teams, here's the engine, have fun, get the bike, you know, do what you want to the bikes so that it spreads the pack out. Do you think that might help alleviate some of this? Because that's what I don't think it could ever be spec engines. Are you saying have more freedom with what you can do with the bike? Right. So instead of. Every, all these bikes being almost identical to where everyone's packed together, let the teams be able to have more input into the bike so that it spreads it out. Mm. So yeah. that way you don't you don't have this stuff where during the races, everybody's bunched up. You've got 15 people racing right up against each other. You don't have the stuff in qualifying where they're all bunched up trying to get a toe off each other. Um, yeah. Did you guys hear about the, um, I think it was a Super Sport 300 race, where the stewards red flagged the qualifying? I heard about that, yeah. I didn't I didn't watch it, ba- but I heard about it. Basically, the qualifying started, nobody went out, and as soon as the first person did, everyone went out behind them. And then they were at uh, uh, Portimao, and everyone's trying to like move out of the way, get a tow, let somebody through. And the stewards finally went red flag, pulled all of them in, and the stewards went down and basically roasted the kids. Mm. And they eventually restarted the session. I would have been like, you know, session's over. You don't get qualifying. Your FP2 time is where you start. This is what you get. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it. At the same time, then, if you did that, then FP2 would just become the same thing and people not going out and waiting for a tow. But on the, th- on, on the thing of um, 
customizing engines. I think when you look at it more so in a filtering system of making a GP rider, I think they've got a perfect thing now where Moto3, they're on very similar bikes. So if you enter that championship, if you've done enough to get into that championship, you might not be on the best. Like for me, Team Asia, Honda Team Asia, CIP are like what I would classify as the least competitive Moto3 bikes because maybe they don't have enough funding or you know they've just not got the facility that like the IO team have, for example. <laughs> and that for me means that even if you're on like the least competitive bike, you still do have a chance of being in that top top pack. It then comes down to the rider at such a young age to show who's who's going to stand out and become at that age of 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 of who's ready to move up on, onto a more powerful bike in Moto2, which we've discussed before, is then another filtering system in that, yes, it's the rider that makes the difference, obviously, but those mm-hmm. and those bikes are not made for pack racing because they don't do very well. It's like almost like the dirty air sort of argument with F1 in that you right. don't see packs of eight in, in Moto2 because the team difference is a lot bigger in terms of the best team to the worst team, but the bike characteristics make it so that the bikes are not made for pack racing they don't you know it completely messes up so that then comes down to who is a strategic race crafting rider a rider that can work on a race pace set up a bike and make that bike with more power torque and everything else into a more well-rounded rider because from moto 3 he's become a good racer because you're used to racing in big packs and you making the difference to qualify at the front because the margin of time is so so small in Moto3, then you put those two together. And if you are successful in both, i.e. Mia. Mia in his first year in Moto2 showed, showed something that not many Moto2 riders do in the first year. But that's why if you do so well in your first year, you can go past, past years and look at riders that have, they get snapped up like that. Because if they've done well in the lightweight class, whether it be 125 or Moto3, they know that if they've got straight away what Moto2 needs, you're ready for GP because the, mm. it's basically two add two, GP is four. And Mia being one, Rins being another, Maverick being another, Marquez, those kind of people where Marquez in four or five races into his Moto2 career got approached by Honda straight away. Straight away. Yes, he was sponsored by Repsol in Moto2, so he did have that link. In terms of sponsorship, it was kind of a, a match made in heaven. It was only the fact that Marquez got injured towards the end of his first year in Moto2 that he actually did the, the year again to, to win the championship because he wanted to go up as a two-time world champion in 125 and Moto2. But the point being, if you then start making engines so you know accessible to everybody in that do what you want with them, you set up the bike, you make the difference... You've got 16, 17-year-old kids that are sitting there going, you want me to be able to sort of put together with my engineers a bike that's... They need that kind of base setting. You go make the difference. So that when they get to Moto2 and they've matured a little bit, you're then looking at more, you know, detailed things. Yeah, they're looking at detail in Moto3, but it's I think they've got a good foundation of, like, what you learn in 3 what you gain from uh, Moto2, and if you're good at both of them, you are going to be made for GP. There's not many people, in fact, there is nobody that's done so well in Moto3 and Moto2, but then doesn't work for MotoGP. So clearly, the foundations they have at the minute from 3 and 2, if you're successful in them, you do work for MotoGP. Yes, he's not raced there yet. Ralph Fernandez, 
made it work in Moto3, went to Moto2, made it work in Moto2, gets mm-hmm. on a test in MotoGP, quick, straight away. So again, yes, he's not racing it yet, but the foundation system of how they want to mold a GP rider works. So yes, you can look mm-hmm. at safety and start talking about how do we spread out a Moto3 race, but then you're going to mm-hmm. have people coming up from Moto3 if they did manage to do that, going, oh, I'm just not really into the whole you know, elbows out sort of thing, which when you get to GP, you need to be ruthless with. People criticizing for it, Mia. Moto3, in my opinion, the best Moto3 rider that's been by a country mile. Knocked the spots off, off of everybody. Moto2, instantly quick. Comes up to GP and people are like, uh, like you know, he's, he's a bit arrogant, he's a bit this. But he, if you were to say the best GP riders in the world at the minute, Mir's in the top five conversation easily. He's the world champion. He's clearly right. made well for GP. So for me, people mention that about Moto3, customizing engines, chassis, this and that. I think you're kind of veering too far away from what Moto3 is made for to then kind of get to Moto2 and be like, uh, now what? Sort of like, what kind of rider have you made from that if they win the world title? You don't want it to become like what F1 is, in my opinion, where it's 80% the car, 20% the driver. Right. You want mm. the rider to make the difference. That is what, G- to me, that is what GP is. In GP, 80% the rider, 20% the bike. Yeah, the bike helps, but, you know, they're all fantastic, fantastic riders, as they are drivers in F1. But if you've got enough money to throw at a car that is then a good car, you don't have to be the best 20 driver in the world, but you've got that car there to sort of suffice your lacking driving skill. Does that make sense? Right. I rambled yeah, on a lot. Unless but, you're, yeah. That's my point. Unless you're on a 2019 Yamaha. Yes. Yeah. Um but if you're on a if you're on a twenty twenty one Yamaha, oh, yeah. you've, got, oh, you've yeah. got a good chance of leading the world championship, which we'll get onto in a little while. Uh the other thing I heard uh as a way to maybe help resolve some of the issues in the lower classes, instead of punishing riders, make fine team owners. Yeah. Be- because mm. take this in take this issue. Uh because Anju is, where did I just see his name? Okay, he's Tech Three. Who is the boss for Tech Three? I can't. Okay, you find Pontro. He's gonna pull Dennis Anju aside and be like, "You just cost me a hundred thousand pounds. You do this again, I'm gonna be. You know, there's gonna be punishment. I'll sit you for a race. You know, there's a whole. You know, take it out of his pay." punish them you know ban them for a race you know if you start going after the team owners that's when the the team owners are going to get involved and you know things might change it's a good argument but my counter argument is if you find the team owners you're then going to get the rider going to like their agent and going don't like him move me to another team do it to another team owner do it to another team owner and if you punish the rider then it's then you go it's your individual mistake, so it's you that has to pay for it. Dennis Onchu is now going to be sitting there knowing that Tech 3 are going to be kind of peeved off with him that he's missing two races, and he'll be sitting there mm-hmm. now at home thinking, my fault, I shouldn't have done it, my fault. Mm. So it very much then drops onto Dennis Onchu that when he gets to the last race, he, he's going to be sitting there going, right, I've paid the price for doing that, 
if I do it again, I know where I stand. I know what kind of a, a you know a ball that I've dropped. If you, I don't know how you want to word it, but I think it's a good idea. Maybe you could mix both. Maybe you could say ride a penalty and the team will get fined X amount. I don't right. know if that's a great idea to do. I'm not entirely sure because if you were Pontra, you'd be saying, well, Alcoba's done it and they're not getting fined and penalised for it. And then you'll have Alcoba's team saying, whoa, hang on a minute and pointing somebody else out and pointing somebody else out. And then you've got fines coming left and right. And then you've got team owners saying, we can't afford to find that much because we're such a small team in Moto3, hence why we're competing in Moto3 because we can't afford to go to Moto2 and MotoGP. And fines just become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And right. then you've got silly fines coming in where if an individual makes a mistake, like take Fanati, for example, when he did the, the Manzi brake check, right? Imagine if you, because of the extent of what he'd done, penalised the team for the same amount of extent. He got banned for half a year. Imagine if you went banning you for half a year and fining you 250,000 euros. It'd be like, whoa, hang on a minute. We're not employing him to brake check people. We're employing him to, to win races. It's like, well, even if it's an individual mistake, we're charging you for it. Mm. It's like... I don't know. That's more of an individual team. Yeah, if the team I... cheated, find the team. If the team right. break the lot, break the rules in any way, shape, or form, tri- like you know, find the team. But if it's individual, I think it should stay to the rider. Don't know what you think, Josh. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think it's a slippery slope. Um, going down like a team punishment thing. Um, maybe for individual riders, just just increase the punishment for each incident even if the incident itself isn't as bad as a previous incident but that way you kind of escalate in it as a deterrent i think so a two-race ban is good though like a t- I- yeah, yeah well a two-race ban is is good um i'm sure you know he's, he's not gonna is it gonna be in no hurry to kind of make a similar mistake or or do something similar but I think, you know, the the more mistakes you make and the more incidents you're involved in or create, if you were to put some kind of multiplier on that where for each one there is a harsher punishment, you are going to deter people because people will think of the bigger picture. Like, oh, I've messed up five times now. So the punishment's five, well, not five times worse, but it's going to be a lot worse than the first time I've messed up. Um, yeah. But the problem with it's Moto3, you know, the, there's lots of riders. They're all eager, young, eager to like prove Like you said themselves. earlier, like the Guevara thing, they're kids, aren't they? Like, And yeah, that's not kids. justifying it, but like, there's a certain mm, limit where yeah. you're like, you know, if you were to go to Poncheral, <laughs> your 17, 18-year-old kid or whatever has mm. just done that, I'm going to charge you hundreds of thousands hang on a minute <laughs> it's not even legal to like drink yet and because yeah like, and we're gonna see point, the point being again. that you, you have got to be a bit you've got to be strict but if you were overkill with it it would it would start killing the the, mm. the whole kind of class right because then if you had like a bit of an aggressive rider you thought that's who we need you'd be like but am i going to pay the price for having an aggressive rider aggressive is fine like acosta can be very aggressive but he's got a fine line with it where he's not too aggressive. Mm. But if you then go, am I going to get fined 
for his aggressiveness when it's completely fine, but other people think it's over the line, the team are going to start paying price. And you just, it's like you say, it's like a slippery slope where you've then got people just being like this. There's so much going on here that's just bonkers. Mm. Um, do you want to do Rider of the Day and then move on to Moto 2? Because that's a big talking point. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know who you're picking because I have no idea. Um, cool. I am actually just on the quickest, um, the quickest lap time, not lap time, uh, speed at the minute. So let me just get up the race results because I mean I want to I want to pick McPhee obviously because you know the, <laughs> the bias, but um, I don't really know to be honest with you. I think bit of a a random one, but I think I'm going to go with Nepper in eleventh because he's been. Obviously, he's new to the team. He came in as a replacement as Salach. Um, so it's it's like... Oh, wait, no, is, is that Nepa? Am I getting mixed up? I can't think of I'm getting mixed up now. Anyway, Nepa is um, up and coming, so to speak, and sort of had very forgotten results. So he's, he's kind of one of those that slowly making his way through, and I think he will come very, very good in maybe next year or the year after. So I'll go with I'll go with Nepa. Josh, you know who you're picking? Um probably Fodger, I think. Um Yep. Kind of keeping this championship alive, really. Yeah, thirty uh, points back now. Thirty points. I mean, what's crazy is he's DNF'd six races as well. Mm. Which if you think about it, he's thirty points back. He's DNF'd six races. In every other race, if I go on to standings here, um, so he's DNF'd six races, and in every race he's, he's, he's actually not DNF'd in. I think he's finished on the podium. Yeah. I do apologise, but I get mixed up with Nepper. I got Nepper mixed up with... Um... Is it Alberto Sura that's replaced Salach? Ah. Um, but yeah, Nepa. I think that team, I've got two very good riders, like Rossi mm. and Nepa. Rossi is very, very good rider on his day. I think that team's another team that's very underfunded. Um, different time. But yeah, I, I, I found that mad. Um, Dodger DNF in six races, and every race he hasn't DNF'd, he's finished on the podium. Really? Yeah, I just yeah. I just pulled up his placements. It's DNF, DNF second, DNF, DNF first, DNF third, DNF or uh, yeah, DNF third, first, DNF third, third, first, first, second. That is crazy. Yeah, uh, he's. We were thinking he's he's snuck into this one, this championship fight. But really, if I you mean, take six out... DNFs is is bad, isn't it? It's not. Oh yeah, that's bad. Like... But if he goes to win this championship with six DNFs, that's pretty mad. So um, that yeah. is the same way as what we were saying. Um, was it us? I can't remember who. Who were we talking about? I think it might have been Armo actually on Twitter. Um, Acosta, since the summer break, has just deflated. Like I say, deflated. He's yeah, clearly taking he's just... the pressure on, isn't he? He's, he's clearly. 
I think oh, so. Yeah. I just I just think personally, I think Acosta's kind of just thought, actually, I'm leading the championship. I'm just going to make sure I finish every race. But there's, there's mm-hmm. so much you can do that for so long. But when yeah. it's for like a good third, if not half the season, it's mm. like you are sort of biting off more than you can chew. Especially now, you'll be thinking, I need to pull my finger out now when I go back to Mizano because you've got a rider there that won last that is now chasing me down with 30 points left. So, you know, I mean, it's mad because Acosta can win the championship this this next race, but he, he also, on current form, can not hand it to Foggia, but basically put Foggia in a situation where he cannot then win it at Portimao. Does that make sense? So if the... Mm. If the point margin between Acosta and Foggia goes below 25, coming out of Mizano, then Foggia then takes the title, no matter what, to Valencia. Well, no, not no matter what, but he, he you know, takes it to Portimao for them to whittle it down again. Yeah, I, I, I just think if, if Foggia misses out by less than a race win, you'd be looking at one of them six DNFs and just think, my God. What if? What, what if? if just... I mean, to think that he's there next year as well, though. Like, if he sorts his DNFs out, we could see, could, could see a Foggia ransack. I mean, the only thing that's, uh, I know some people kind of like, like routine sort of thing, but 2015, world champion, who was it? Come on, you should know this, Josh. Moto 3, world champion, 2015. Oh, God. I've slept British. since then. Oh, God. Yeah. No, I don't want to. I don't want to say his name. <laughs> so you got Danny, Danny Kent, Kent for Leopard, yeah. twenty fifteen. A year gap, twenty seventeen. Moto three world champion. Any takers? Um, Leopard. Races Mir? in Moto GP as we speak. Was it Mir? Um, Joao Mir. Twenty eighteen. Year gap. Twenty nineteen. Le- Leopard, Leopard world champion. Lorenzo Della Porta, year gap, 2021. Will we see another Leopard World Champion? I mean, every other year since 2015, they've won a world title in Moto3. Mm. So it would be rude not to, if you're Foggia, to not go and win. But I think, personally, I want to see Acosta win it just so it kind of continues his hype train of this wonder kid. Do you know what I mean? And Fodgy's obviously got the chance to do it next year. Um, but I would quite like to see if Fodgy did win it. I'd like to see him run the number one next year. That'd be good. Because nobody ever runs the number one anymore, do they, for like no. marketing and... Lorenzo. Yeah, for branding. Yeah, everyone sort of sticks with the numbers, but it's good to see him number one every now and then. Um, so who did you pick, Josh? Fodgy, I picked Nepper. Who do you pick in, Matt? I mean, if you guys aren't going to take him, I'm going to take him. John McPhee. An American picking a picking a Brit for another day. I mean, he got on the podium. If you're not going to take him, I gladly will. Yeah, I suppose it's like an easy get out, isn't it? Yeah, to just pick whoever's on the podium, or in Josh's case, whoever fucking wins. Well, well, no, it's it's who got on the podium who has had the worst luck ever this whole season. It's easy for Josh to say it, but like people outside of the UK are like John McPhee. Look, this year is just the worst look anyone could have wished yeah. for. Yeah. 
anyway. What was it? Qatar, where he got hit in the back of the head yeah. by somebody yeah, else's bike, and then he tried to kick him. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, that was so funny. Mm. All right, moving on to Moto2. Raul Fernandez wins, followed by Gen Antonio and Bezzecki. Uh, But the biggest talking point, I think, Remy Gardner falling off. <laughs> Basically, letting uh, Fernandez get to within nine points of the championship. And if Ralph Fernandez wins the remaining three races, no matter what, he will be crowned world champion. Yes. The man is a he rookie is and, and won races with a broken hand. And he, yeah. would be, he, he mm -hmm. couldn't win a world title. Like, what? <laughs> what? Insane. It's Matt, incredible. I think you need to tell people, like, you're... It's not really a story, but the fact that you were... Um, listening to Moto2 as opposed to watching it. <laughs> this guy has to get up at stupid hours all year round to watch the European rounds. It comes to the US and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to watch it. Well, so <laughs> being in America, normally when the races come on, I get up eight o'clock in the morning. I go downstairs. I turn on MotoGP, watch the MotoGP race. Well, I get up about 745, get downstairs you know, get the TV set up and everything, and then watch the MotoGP race, and then I'll watch the Moto2, Moto3 race, and then by that point, it's about 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, so I'm, you know, kid, wife and kids are up, then we go out and spend our Sunday. Well, this weekend, being that the Moto3 race started at noon my time, I'm like, I got shit I got to do today, so I <laughs> spent Moto2 listening to it through an earbud in my wife's truck. Basically, I had the race on on my phone. I had my phone in the pop socket holder in the truck, earbud in, driving around places, listening to the Moto2 race in my ear. Brilliant. I, did, I heard everything. I heard everything that happened. I... Yeah, you know, when like, you know, Gardner goes down, I'm like looking at the phone because it's like right next to the stereo. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, I, I'd have probably gone up by about 30 miles an hour, accidentally not realizing my right foot was pinned to the floor when Gardner <laughs> went down. If I was driving and watching it, <laughs> don't don't drive and watch Moto Two, guys. No, not, not advised. Uh but yeah, I mean. When Gardner went down, it was just like, it was just such a kick. Like, you're like, because he's been doing, you know, somewhat well this season. He was, he's been leading the championship for how long he's had, you know, him and uh, Fernandez have more points in their championship than either of the other two first place have. So it's, it was just like, if, if Gardner loses the championship, Coda is the reason why. Mm. You know, yeah. Because it, it, it was tight at the beginning of the season, one, it? it was quite back and mm -hmm. forth. And then you had, like, obviously Sam Lowe's drop out of contention, Bezeki drop out of contention. And it was a two horse race. And then Gardner seemed to pull away, especially after Sa Saxon Ring when Fernandez went down. Fernandez went. Yep, I think most of us thought, well, that was that's it. Now it's, you know, um, Fernandez has lost steam, and uh, Gardner's just going to slowly kind of um, 
right off into the sunset, and now all of a sudden, over literally in the it seems in a blink of an eye, of the last what three races or so, it's just mm-hmm. swung back in Fernandez's favour. Really, um, it's been yeah, it's it's just been crazy this this Moto Two season. It's been crazy because it's been so one sided, but it's still yeah so intense. Yeah, like at least you don't have. Like 2019 GP, where as good as I know, I talk about it every now and then with Mark just dominating. You didn't just have just Mark. Well, I mean, what? Sorry, let me rephrase that. You you had just Mark, whereas this year in Moto Two, you've got yes a team dominating, but they're both dominating. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got a mm-hmm. rookie that's throwing it all all at it, broken hand or not, and you've kind of got this Moto Two veteran that's taking his bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit, sort of just keeping him honest. And then he crashes and everyone's like, this has just turned Moto2 into almost a one-horse like horse race into a straight duel now. Like, yep. I think the gloves will be straight off from like now until Valencia. I just think if Remy's got the chance to fire it up the inside of Raul, whether it's for first, whether it's for third, tenth, fifteenth, I think they'll do it. And you wouldn't blame mm-hmm. them, would you? You wouldn't blame them to like rough them up to be like, this is mine sort of thing. Because now it is the case of whatever position it is, you need to be beating the other person. Because how yep. many race wins has Remy got this year? Raul's got, what, seven? Yeah, he did, because the mechanic was holding the seven the wrong way around, wasn't he, in Park Thirty? <laughs> it was seven wins. Has Remy... How many races uh, have we done this year? I don't think um, Remy's not got seven wins, has he? He's got. I'm pulling it up right now. Five, I think maybe. I'd say five. Yeah, five, six. Uh, he's got four. Four. Yeah. Yes. I think. Yeah. Magello, Catalonia, Saxon Ring, Silverstone. I tell you what, you know if. <sighs> but then he's got how many seconds he's got. One, two, three, four, five, six. If Remy equals him on wins, they'll be in front of him anyway. I'm, I'm ta- yeah, I'm, I'm talking more like consistency-wise, but oh, right, yeah, yeah, like obviously wins do count when it comes to like equal points. So, um, I don't know these these next three races are going to be incredible. That's what I'm going to be keeping my eye out the most for, really. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean Valencia, I think Raul will win. Portimao, Raul's... I mean, can you remember Moto3? Can I, can either of you remember Moto3 when he raced there for his last year? Was that absolutely dominant? He just cleared off in Moto3, which is unheard of, but he cleared off. That was the year that it was like Arenas, Agora, and... Oh, yeah, and yeah. Who else was fighting for the championship? Was, was it Valencia? Valencia? No, it went to Portimao because it was 2020, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Last season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was no Valencia. Yeah, he, um, the final he just cleared off. Raul did. And did he win? Did Raul win at Portimao this year? Um, at Portimao, yes. If you were Remy now, you'd be absolutely shaking, yeah. wouldn't you? You'd be saying... He kept, okay. him, he kept him honest going to Mizano because he nearly caught him on the last lap. But he's won at, he's won at both of those circuits they've already raced at this year. And then, oh, what's the other one? Oh, he's racing at home. Uh, okay yeah <laughs> okay so how many wins this season without looking do you think raul fernandez has seven yes yeah that's what we said a minute ago because of the mechanic oh, okay. the seven up the wrong way oh uh, yeah that's right <laughs> yeah 
Um, that is insane for anybody. That's yeah. insane. But for a rookie, like it, it's gone past words to explain yeah. how good that is. And that's um, just mental. Just to add to it, some uh, over a third of Sam Lowe's points were the first two races. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is crazy because. I mean, I didn't get ahead of myself, but a lot of people did in, in the UK. They were like, it's all right, Sam, Portimao, like, yeah, you've been on the first corner, whatever, but like your form at the minute, quicker than anybody. And then <laughs> Akiayo said, uh, no. Hold, we'll hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, this will be a two-horse race. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Bazeki was like, guys. And Akiayo was like, no, Marco, you're not, you're not invited, mate. Just Take yeah. third on regular. Yeah. That'll do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh moving into rider of the day. Uh I'm taking Cameron Bobier. Damn you it. Speak <laughs> on. You've got this is your time your time to shine. I'm, I'm surprised you I, said it already. I I was waiting because I I'm taking Cameron Bobier. God damn it, you are not sniping this from me. Uh God, he just did so good. And uh, yeah, this is a track he's familiar with. He's you know, raced here with Moto America. Granted, the bikes are completely different, but you know it's still that you know knowledge, knowledge of the track. Yeah, got, like... and like he was he was running in podium positions at one point. You know he qualified well, was running in podium positions, dropped back to fifth. Um, I mean, when he went into just... turn one, I was like, if he makes this stick into the first corner, I was like, this will be amazing. And there wasn't any part oh, of if he was like, I know we have a bit of a laugh about the whole US-UK thing, but mm-hmm. there is there is nothing better, and I don't mean to sound against Spain and Italy, so to speak, because they've got so many riders that, you know, if there are, is a, a rider leading their home race, it's great. But when you go to UK, US, France, you know, these other countries like Portugal, where Miguel was leading, it was like, it's just such a feel-good factor when you see them leading because you know how much that must mean to them. Oh, Cameron yeah. Bobier, first corner, sends it. I was like, if he makes this stick, this will be the best moment of his life. I think if he would have taken the lead at any point, you might have heard the cheering from the UK. Like, that's how much the roof would have exploded yeah. off of Coda. That's like... You could probably hear the Italians if an, an Italian just breathes near any other Italian in the crowd. Like it's just yeah. an Italian comes out for FP one and it's going nuts. Like they're just different <laughs> gravy. They are. And on the other end of the scale, you had Joe Roberts who said, "I don't care if it's my home race. I'm still gonna finish <laughs> near <Joe>, the bottom." <laughs> Joe, who? I don't know who who you're talking about anymore. It's so sad though, isn't it? Like it's it's every week we sit here, we're like. Come on, Joe. Give us something, please. Yeah, like where was this? You know, what you know, poll at Lamar last year type performance? Like this next Aprilia <sighs> man, like yeah, yeah. He was going. He had offers to the Aprilia team, and he's like, no, nah, going. I'm not staying with you know American racing. I'm going to to Italtrans, and I'm gonna stick it in Moto Two. And you're like, you almost want to look at him, but like. What should we have done? Should we have stayed in Moto2? No. Should you have left American racing? Probably not. And if you was, you probably should have gone to GP. Yes. Yeah. 
Hindsight's a yeah. brilliant thing, but hindsight for Joe Roberts, yeah. is, it's probably his mid. Joe Roberts have that as his middle to, name. Joe Roberts had to take one for the team and take on the mantle of being the disappointed American in yeah. MotoGP. And, for the, Moto2. the worst part was th- about this weekend with Joe Roberts was they had him because for the uh, pre-race press conference they had. Yeah, you know, like usual, where it's Fabio, it's Pecco, it's I, f- I forget who was who were the other. I think Mark. Well. I think it was Mira, and I think I know Mark was in the middle, but in the back corners is Bobier and Roberts, and everyone just keep asking Joe, like, "So what's happened this season?" <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm listening to him, like, "Can we just please quit talking to Joe already?" Yeah, and they did that like guess the legend thing again, didn't they? With like the American thing. Yeah, it was the and American legends. Like, I think Joe might be our winner, and I, in my head, I'm like, well, like fucking won something. Yeah, like, oh. yeah, he won something this season. Like, yeah, oh, take God. that trophy home, Joe. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and I then know, like, and like, now... we we joke, we joke, but at the same yeah. time, it's when you've seen him on pole, it's the most. Mm-hmm. It's like Jake. Like Jake's not Joe at the minute, but Jake Lamon last year led looks amazing and he's had problems genuinely like genuine problems but joe at the minute seems more more joe of the problem than it is the team because that team has won a world title it's not like they've gone yep. we're not chucking as much money at it. they've got more money to chuck at it having won a world title and i mean what where did he finish 18th 18th yeah i don't take this i'm not you know crapping on the nts machine but i am um, when you finish behind the NTS, very bold. You've had a bad. You've had a bad weekend, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. That's. I mean, Nagashima replaced his teammate for this weekend and beat Joe mm-hmm. Roberts on his home track. Yep, on his home track by seconds, like by twenty-seven second to thirty-two. Yeah. Imagine, imagine turning up. Right, not having rode a Moto Two bike for what eight months or whatever it's been for Nagashima, no more than that, like nearly a year. Mm-hmm. Um, turning up on a brand new bike, brand new team, sort of thing, replacing a, a decent rider in Dallaporta, and you're yep. you're riding at your teammate's home race, <laughs> and, you, and beat you beat him by five seconds. Like, I'm sorry. But if I'm Joe Roberts, my tail is in between my legs going into that debrief at the end of the day. I'd be like, sorry, guys, don't really know what happened there. I just feel like I don't know what to say to and kind it, of nullify like that. The, the worst part, it was it's not like he like had a tip off. It wasn't like he you know, wrecked and remounted the bike. He just was horrible. And you've got Cameron, who's just taking it by the scruff of the neck, sort of thing. And yeah, just and just, just going. And then Cameron this weekend just looked like the Cameron that I think all the mm-hmm. America fans have been like, "Can we see that Cameron?" Um, yeah, it's like, it's like we know what he's capable of. Yeah. We know what he can do. It's shit. He get, he just has to get to a track that he knows really well. You'll see. We swear yeah. he's good. You'll see it. And like I said before recording, I put Cameron Bobier in the bubble of next year fighting like if he's not in the top eight i think next year it'll be a bad weekend for cameron Mm -hmm. oh Um, yeah once he gets familiar with all the tracks that all the european tracks and yeah i think what cameron needs next year is an early podium and then i think the ball will start rolling i think if he got on the podium at like maybe Uh, maybe kota 
you know, if it because it's early on in the calendar, if he gets a podium there, it might just give him that confidence of knowing he's quick enough. And then on the other I, I tracks w- that he revisits, like Le Mans, when he starts doing the European rounds, which we like mm-hmm. we've said before, we've we've been around Europe a fair amount of times this year. He yep. will I think he'll fall in place next year. I think you'll see a, a different Cameron Bobier to what people who have only seen him this year will see. I don't think you'll see him crashing out on the last lap of a ref like he did this year. Do you know what I mean? Well, it'll be is, interesting is your... because Oh god, Josh. I was gonna say was it he's your rather the day, I'm guessing. Yeah, whilst, oh, yeah, I told I talk him. Matt says about Cameron, I'm gonna try and pick. I was gonna, oh. gonna steal him, but never mind. No, no, you're not. <laughs> I already took that. Um it will be interesting because you how you were saying, like he's gonna have all this track knowledge of all these European mm. tracks. There's also how many tracks getting added back on that he hasn't gone to. He yeah. hasn't been to Thailand, Japan, Australia, Malaysia. Time, there's a lot of riders, but by the time they've gone back to Thailand, how many of those mm-hmm. riders in Moto2 were in there at 2019 and on a competitive bike? Mm. Everyone's kind of going to be, not necessarily, they might have done the track or they might have been in Moto3 or whatever, but it's very different in that sense. When it yeah, gets, with, I'd be it, interested to see where Cameron is when they go to Kimi Ring, where no one's right. been. That's you know, what we, I'm interested to see. With, with Fernandez and Gardner out of the way with next season, if you mm-hmm. come around like Cameron Bovier, you're going to fancy your chances for a few for a few wins. I I'd think. be I, if I was Cameron, I'd be booking my flights now for Cota next year. Personally, I'd be I'd be saying, get me there straight away. I want to be there, comfortable as getting everything right that week, because he knows how quick he is around it. And like you say, if Ralph Fernandez and Remy aren't there. I know it's going to be different because you know you don't know who's going to be the next shining star, so to speak. But you, I think I fancy Cameron's chances next year at getting on the podium. Mm. Definitely, I, I would be amazed if we get to the end of next year and Cameron's not got a podium. I, I will be surprised genuinely. Um, my rider of the day, I'm going to go with Arbolino. Mm. Okay, again, another rookie who. He's coming good, and obviously he's on the he's on the VDS bike next year. So that'll be interesting yep. to see what he's like next year. Um, it's kind of crazy. I don't know about you two, but it's crazy for to me to be talking about next year. I just feel like this year is just gone, and we're already like, yeah, next year this, next year that, next year this, and it's like, yeah, we've got we got a schedule. Yeah. So I'll go with Tony. Who are you going with, Josh? Probably Jake Dixon. I think I will. Top ten, I think solid top ten. ten yep. It's 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 a bit sad that a top ten finish for Jake is rider of the day worthy, but you know I think I still think physically demanding track, and he's he's not hundred percent still. Um, yeah, so I'm just gonna give him give him rider of the day for a, a top ten finish. Fair. Yep. So moving on to MotoGP. Got Mark Marquez finishing on first with Quattrar and Benyaya on the podium. This, I, I'm so like mixed emotions about this race because once you, once Mark got out in front, you were like, all right, we're done. Let me know whenever, let me know when it's done and let me know when Mark's on the podium. I can tell you now, there's no mixed emotions for me from this race. Well, yeah, be, you know, and that's the other thing with, you know, watching Quattararo, it's like, again, like I said, how with Gardner, if he loses a champion, you could look at Coda. 
if for I guarantee you for Quattro he's looking at Coda like this is where I want it. You said that about Silverstone though. I did. Because he actually won that one. It was but like and he won it in like dominating fashion, but like like I'm saying, if you asked Fabio at the end of the season, where did you if he wins the championship, I if you, you go to Fabio what, and go what race did he think? Okay, now I've got it won. That was yeah. the race. What, yeah, what this race Coda won in the championship? Race. I'd say Silverstone. Silverstone. What race but if did he... he mentally click that this is a, this is done now? I would say yeah, Coda. Yeah. It's Coda. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you'd have told me last year, or even the I mean the year before, if you'd have told me a Yamaha on actual pace, not giving it or anything like that, not being like you know 2019 where Mark crashed and Rossi all of a sudden found himself in a race winning position, if on genuine pace was the next best to mark i'd have been asking has mark raced the race on a honda then jumped on a yamaha and beat them all again whilst catching up on the yamaha like there's no way on earth Mm -hmm. i have ever thought a yamaha around that place and it being bumpy on a smooth suiting bike would fabio be able to with the pressure of a championship come second that to me is the definition of a championship like ride. Yeah, that was a championship ride. That was there yeah. was no need for him to go out. There was no need for him to chase Mark. I mean, it was a big gap. What was it? Five seconds Mark yeah, ended up winning by. When, but when let's face it, it if Fabio was pushing, it wouldn't have been that big a gap, I don't think. But Fabio knew we didn't need to push. He didn't need to risk it. Because what I mean Imagine if he'd have pushed it and binned it and gifted Banyaya an extra, what, 15, 15 points? Well, it'd have got... Well, not an extra 18, 15, but... Because it'd have got... Yeah. Uh, 20, mm-hmm. sorry, because it'd have gone oh, yeah, second. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 20. Ago. 20 on on Fabio. He would, he'd be ruined that, and that could really shake him mentally going into the last three rounds. I mean, look at rounds. Remy and Raul. Like, look how many exactly. points he gifted in. Like. So it, there yeah. was just no need for him to take risks, and it was just a perfect ride. Um, I mean... Yeah, you you could tell with the reaction of when he went over the line and he's like revving like yeah. past the line. You, kn- it's I one of those where I... you'll look you'll look back and you'll just be like Matt says. He he knows from that that Mizano, if if Pecco is flying at Mizano, take second, take second. Yeah, don't win it at Portimao. Cool, like don't win it at Mizano. Sorry, absolutely fine. Go to Portimao. If you're asking me. Do I think Pecco can beat Fabio around Portimao? No. Yes, it's different time of year, different circumstances, this and that. But Fabio at Portimao this year, when we didn't put him down as he is, you know, he's there with a the championship, on genuine race pace, the only person that could nearly get with him was Rins. And when Rins tried to run with him, Rins did what Rins does best. Yeah. So even if Fabio is not to that standard, obviously he won't be as quick because the time of the year. But even if he's not that quick as in terms of three, four tenths quicker than everybody else, if he's a tenth quicker or as quick as everybody else, so what? Like, do you know what I mean? He's not going to drop off mm. a cliff edge and be like a second slower than everybody, in my opinion. I mean, he's he'd have to he'd have to DNF for the next race. Yeah, for it to, that. But I've already said it is written. It is written for to Fabio be fair, to win though, the world title has, at Bizarro. Has Fabio <laughs> DNF'd yet? No, this is the thing. He's due on that. I think Armour <laughs> said it. I was like, he was like, oh yeah, he's had no DNFs this year. I was like, 
are you trying to annoy me? Like, he's, he's you he's you're trying to give me a heart attack. Like, I've said it's written, because I've said this before on Twitter like two or three times, right? And I'll just lay it out again. The year's 2021, right? I turned 21 on that week, on the Thursday. Fabio is number 20, and you had a number. You had a, a world title onto that, 21. 20 Ugh. plus 1, I turned 21 on the 21st <laughs> of October think, in the year 2021. I think he's going to DNF him in Misano. Yeah, well, Josh, I think you need to be I, quiet and we need to move on from this conversation. I think Ben is going to get out in the lead and Fabio's going to be like, I have to chase him down to beat him and just push a little too hard. Yeah, my Fabio don't do that. My Fabio <laughs> does not get ahead of himself like this that. This is your Fabio through a t- like it fell off a brick wall last year. La- yeah, but last year Fabio <laughs> was was not the Fabio we see this year. This year's Fabio, if let's just put this into perspective, if his body <laughs> or his leathers wouldn't have let him down this year, would already be <laughs> world champion. Probably. No, 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 no. Hey, oh, about well, it, the well, man no. would be world champion. Imagine well, if, if he imagine if Fabio. DNF. Josh, shut up. Shut up, Josh. I don't care what it Imag- is. Don't, well, don't end the sentence. Shut up. Um, shut imagine up. imagine if Fabio hadn't had arm pump at Jerez, too. Yeah. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. So if, arm if pump his body wouldn't have let and him down the leathers. And the leathers wouldn't have let him down, he would be champion. He literally would be. Yeah, he probably would be at this point in the year. My imagine Fabio a, is going to win the world championship. Imagine going into Valencia. There's just a two-point gap. There's not going to be. I'm telling you now, there's not going to be. I'm telling you. No, you're not breaking me, Josh. No, it's not happening. He's winning the World Championship and he's winning it with one race in hand. I'm telling you, he's winning it. He's he's got a 52-point gap to Benyai in second. So for him to get to within two points... That's going to be Josh a monumental collapse. Now and at Mazzano and Pekka's going to win both races. It's not <laughs> exactly it's not happening. If it does happen, I'll cry. If it happens, if that happens, right, Josh, I'm telling you now. You know, Mike with the show. You'll be moving away from Hull because I'll be I'll be just getting rid of everything in Hull. I'll just be going around door knocking, asking for your name straight away. No, I don't even put that. No, I don't like this. This is no. It's not happening. It's not happening. It's not like that. Forget it. No, Josh, forget it. Ignore, ignore Josh. I'm going to mute him in the park. <laughs> All right. Just mute Josh. Move, moving Better. on. Uh, End of the conversation. Fabio will win the world title this year, and I'm going to be a very, very, very happy man. <laughs> this, All right, this. let's move on to Josh's boy, Renz, who finished fourth. Well, he likes he likes Cota. He's the only person yeah. who won it. Um, Other than Mark. Let's move on to Mr. Cota and Silverstone, then. Let's, let's talk about... The man that only performs at two races in a year. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think he's, he doesn't. Oh, no, he won uh, Aragon last year. No, he didn't win it this year, though, did he? <laughs> yeah. No, no, he did not. No, he but, just, I mean, a fourth. He's done quite well. Yeah, he, fourth place, he was, what, four seconds off Benyaya? I think he just, that's the kind of rins we like to see. He keeps it. <laughs> In the cool, calm, collected, and just thinks, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not gonna bin it. Josh, can I go in for the question? win? Yes. Do you think Rins will ever compete for a world championship? No. No. <laughs> Josh <laughs> has great chance. confidence in his riders. <laughs> I don't because that Suzuki is just not up to scratch, and oh, it's the bike now, is it? And he'll just fall off anyway. So, so yeah. how come? How come me has been able to keep it to grips like until like the last four races? But he's the better rider, I think. Overall, mm-hmm. 
He's more con- he's... This. You meant to go along with the the, the <laughs> is God. On Mia, he's overridden that bike. <laughs> he can't year. even make that joke stick. <laughs> I think it's clear that the Suzuki is pretty much the same Suzuki as last year, and everyone else mm-hmm. has improved and progressed. Oh yeah. Okay, um, let me ask you this, Josh. You're the new team man. You're the new. You're the replacement for David Brivio, right? They're going to put yeah. you in for next year. You get to make three changes to Suzuki. What do you change? I, it, it could be we're going to make the bike go more into that direction, or it could be we get rid of that rider, or we do whatever. Three changes. What do you make? Um. Well, obviously, Davide Brivio seemed to be a good link between the Italian. Obviously, he's Italian, isn't he? So mm-hmm. he, the, there was they had that European kind of side to it where they push the boundaries. Whereas it seems now they've gone back to just being Japanese. It's very conservative. Um, like with the rear, the ride height device on the rear. Um, I don't think they've they've took they've it off, haven't it, they? Have they really? No, they haven't. They've they've took it off the bikes. Yeah, they haven't been um, using it because it's not perfect. So they're not putting it on. But I think that's an issue. I think you, you've you've got to just if you want to improve in MotoGP, if you want to. Be be among the best teams, even if it's not perfect. You've got to go with it because the only way it's going to improve is by getting some miles under its belt. So on have the red height device. Yeah, Try and get the rear height device. Um, oh would you get rid of rins? Is rins? Yeah. Is, would you? And would I get rid of rins? <sighs> I don't know. It, be realistic with it. You can't just it, be like, I'll exactly. have Fabio or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bring back at Yamaha. Stoner. Yeah. No, it's bring back um... Stoner on a Suzuki. <laughs> yeah, I'm be sure realistic with it. Yeah, I'll bring Stoner back. I'm sure he's bored of fishing. No, that's what I mean. I'm saying I'm being realistic by yeah, not yeah. going for him. Um, yeah. I'd, uh, I'd maybe try and poach. I don't know. Mia, the thing is, Mia's probably looking to move. I think he's frustrated. You know what? I um, thought the same thing. I have I thought the is. same thing. But where I... does he move? Because... There's, there is nowhere. The move. only way, the only place I can see Mir going, and this is a crazy thing to think on because I know he doesn't get on with the teammate I'm about to say, is if Paul doesn't really pull his finger out and they put him with Mark, which I don't even want to know the atmosphere in that oh, team. If that yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, God. But he'd be getting a better wage and he'd be, about, you know, he, he might take to a Honda. I think mm. that's the only possible move because Morbidelli. And and Fabio were the main at Yamaha, and I think personally Yamaha will look within if they change anybody around, i.e. Morbidelli probably if they did move anybody and look at top rack. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Suzuki obviously that's where he is. KTM have got too many KTM problems to even worry about. Yeah, else. The, the one, yeah, the and Ducati and Ducati have got Martin who they would take if anybody slipped out of Ducati. So yeah. I don't, I don't know if it suited you, Catty. I'm not sure. No, I think if... he suits. I think he does. The thing is, the Suzuki suits Mir so well because he has got such an, a smooth but aggressive riding style, mm. which does make me think he could maybe take to a Honda. Maybe. But. Oh, yeah, there's nowhere for him, really. It's, I, I'd keep Rins. I'd keep them both. Because um, I knew if he'd Rins... come back to Rins. I knew he would. <laughs> he can't yeah, let him I'm go. saying I'd keep Rins because. Don't he run out of contract next year? He's got twenty twenty two. I think he's got yeah, yeah. They both had two year extensions, so, so it, they both lit- run out next yeah, year. Yeah, so it's literally be 
see how many DNFs he has in the first half of the season. It's not and... great, is it, when you're judging your riders on DNFs? <laughs> but I don't know. It, it's tough because they've got nowhere else to go. That's the issue. I mean, you... the thing is, though, everyone always says that. And I thought this year nobody had moved. I didn't. I mean, if you'd have told me, right, the, the last year before Fabio got announced, that next year, meaning this year that we're in, Maverick or Rossi won't be in the team, I'd be like, what's gone on there then? Like, as, as I'd be assuming Rossi's retired and some absolute superstar has been made and we're going to sign them. But mm. no, Maverick's thrown his toys out the pram and left and Rossi's moved down a notch. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, you didn't see it coming. So, I don't know. It'd be very interesting to see what happens next year because obviously, no matter what, Mir's got this world champion wage thing just sitting here like well, I'm not I'm not a nobody mm-hmm. but if Rins doesn't pull his finger out are they going to look to somebody like Raul Fernandez and say do you want a factory ride yeah. we'll take you over Rins I think that's a possibility so could happen definitely um, Davizioso second best Yamaha mm. yeah interesting I totally forgot he was actually riding Morbidelli. Yeah, he's been out of the scene yeah. for a while, hasn't he? So he's only yeah. just coming back. Um, I, mean, just, I think Morbidelli's think, one next though, year will be good. I think he, it'd be very good. He won three races last season. I mean, I know he's had his injuries. Yeah. I was about to say, when you have, you have your that's, knee reconstructed, it's kind of... I mean. it's, it's, it's sad to see what yeah. could have been this season if he'd been given a... Yeah. A proper bike. A proper bike. But at the same time, I think Morbidelli is one of them that he's he's a smart guy, so he's not going to like... I'm not saying Rins isn't smart, but when it doesn't go his way, he's not going to just throw the kitchen sink at it and it all go down the pan. I think he's a very smart and kind of, you know, he he takes everything in really well that with what he works with, what he's got, hence why he won three races on a nail of a bike. Well, I say nail of a bike. It wasn't a nail, but clearly because it won three races but the point being he usually does pull something out of the bag with a less competitive package so now he's got a competitive package it's now that his body's letting him down so i think when he gets that match next year if he's fully fit i think i think franco can i don't want to say challenge mm. for a title but i think franco could definitely win a few races next year possibly yeah, hopefully he's he's up there challenging zarko He's Zarko just is podcasting himself, though, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he really uh, is. With how up and that... down he's been all season, well, he's been up, then just down. It's not been up, down, up, down, up, down. It's like cha- <laughs> he, was... he was leading the championship, wasn't he? he like two them, or three like, races in, yeah, like... a couple yep. of races where he was, it was looking like this was his season. But I think we forget that he's on a satellite Ducati for a start. Well, he is on a he is on a twenty twenty one Ducati. He's just in the satellite team, isn't he? Yeah, I think. Yeah, but then you've got. Of... Satellite okay. teams go in the distance for a season. Yeah, but then you look at his teammate as a rookie and he's won on that bike this year. Yeah. Or you look at Anea Bashanini, who's finishing sixth, third last week, sixth this week. Now we're going back to Mizano, where he was leaps and bounds yeah. better. And he he's could not, if there he's was not on a twenty twenty one Ducati. Yeah, if he was mm. if there was like five more laps in the first Mizano. We're probably talking about Anea Bashanini's first win. But then you look at the pressure on Marini now mm-hmm. being on a 
Isn't he on a 2021 yeah. bike? He's on 2020 bikes. Yeah. Well, 2019, 2020 really, because 2020 and, bikes are 2019 bikes. And they're saying next year he could get a 2022 bike hmm. while Bastianini stays with the old with the bike he's well, on now. You've got Brasini coming in, haven't you? That are also going to be mm-hmm. Ducati. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just going to be fucking Ducati at GP at this point. Yeah, they'll be my eight Ducatis. Mm. Yeah, easy win there. Speaking but, of yeah, Ducati, Zarco, it is very. <sighs> I wouldn't like to be a Zarco fan. Put it that way. Like, yeah. But speaking of Ducati, Miller and Mir at the end of the race. Oh. <laughs> you know, as, as a as a Mir I, I I want to know what I'm... Miller said to him. Yeah, I think he said, hey, "If I do that again, I'll knock ten bells of shit." That's <laughs> what I said. <laughs> what, what were you going to say, Josh? As a Mir fan, as, as a Mir fan, not a fanboy, but you know, I like Mir, but it was just I like reckless on it. It was unnecessary. It was, in, but it's last lap, so I do get last lap. I get, I get it. Just, it is a bit of a lunge. He's not. I guess. He's not in Bagnaia's position. Where he's, you know, in contention for the title. I know math- mathematically is he still in it, Mia? No, no, he's no, not, he's gone. Mathematically, like he yeah, even exactly. admitted, I think like two races ago that he was done. Yeah, he's he's not in it anymore. But I mean, in the same sense, even if you're not fighting for a title, constructors and everything, it's Suzuki have got two bikes on the grid. Ducati have got six, so it's kind of like. I, I get it. I do I do get it, but I also get the frustration of having that being done to you on the last lap. You'd feel like... I just thought, yeah, I just thought yeah. it was a bit pointless. Well, and especially, like especially the history that you know, Miller and Mir have this year. Mm. I mean, you look back Qatar. to Qatar, yeah. What was mm. the other one that they had? They had another run in it somewhere. Where was it? I can't remember. I don't yeah, know. Mizano. I just... Mizano with uh, uh, Mark, Mir and Miller, wasn't there? On the, like, the last lap, yeah. going through those sections of rights, and they got to the hairpin, and Mir <laughs> absolutely dive bombed on Miller. But, but yeah, yeah it's so been a, been an interesting duel, hasn't it? To keep your eye on. Mm-hmm. I think if they're next to one another in another race, I would just keep your eye on the uh, screen on the side. If you see two riders just start dropping down, then you know that they've probably put the bikes down and started swinging. <laughs> the the best part is they're right next to each other in the standings too. I mean, mind you, they're like. 20 some po- yeah, points apart from each other, but one DNF from one of them, and you know, they're, they're both on bikes and both riders that can win races. So, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Nak- that's for third Nakagami as well. Just want to mention him quickly. Nakagami, um, yeah, he did, he finished did quite well. 17th. No, but he, he did he... quite well the first three laps or something. Mm-hmm. And then over, yeah, and then over as does and... Nakagami usually does <laughs> very bad for the first yes. three laps, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I just another to one. mention him because it was it was promising. It looked like he could maybe sneak yeah. a, a top five or something. He's another then... one though, isn't he, Nakagami? Where God, if you were following him for a year, you'd you'd be pulling your hair out. I mean, yeah. last year, put it on oh. pole for Aragon. Came oh. out the gates, <laughs> flying, bend it on lap it. one, and then you get to Valencia, and you're like, right. There's a podium in front of you. Stick behind. Oh, he's binned it. Like it's, it's just he's, he's a he's rins. He's, he's a, a rins in that way of yeah. The, if it's there in front of him, he crumbles. But everything else, you're like, he's got the pace. He has mm. got the pace. I mean, was it mm-hmm. FB two or three? I think at the at Kota that Nakagami topped. 
look, win- topping sessions does not win you anything unless it's a, a race. I get that. But the point is, the principle is, the guy is not slow. Like, the mm. guy has got pace. No. Um, I think at Mazzano oh, test, he was geez. a top for a certain amount of time. Like, he got, he, he's quick. The guy's quick. He just can't put it together in a race. I don't know what it the, is. The problem is his, his days and numbers. You've got Agora coming through. Yeah, I've said um, that before. I think Agora. Who have you got in Moto3? Um, Suzuki. I guess you got Suzuki. you got Suzuki on a competitive bike next year. I think yeah. the mm-hmm. Simoncelli team is competitive, but he's on a Leopard next year. So if he performs, it goes to Moto2 and then turns into those those blossom riders that when they put with more power does well. He's got that. He's got him challenging for that. Mm. But I think Iogora this year has been good, like very good. So if Iogora mm-hmm. does well next year, Honda will be uh, sniffing, I think. When was the last Japanese race winner? That's a, a trivia question. Last Japanese, I mean, the last Japanese podium would have been Nakasuga Valencia 2012, at a guess. Yeah. Long over two. A wild card for, for, for a spot dominated by the Japanese. I know it is crazy, isn't it? But I mean, they have a lot of bad luck with riders sadly mm. passing away and whatnot, and it's not very lucky on that side of thing. A lot of Japanese riders seem to get injured very easily, probably because they're very like small build mm. as a stereotype. But yeah, it's kind of crazy. I've always said this that it's dominated by Japanese like manufacturers and whatnot yet there's not that many japanese riders but i think that comes from more the fact that they are the brains in in a lot of things the japanese aren't they yeah the technology and the manufacturing and mechanical side of japan is beyond pretty much every other country in the world whereas when you get like to the nitty-gritty sort of putting the hard work in that's where the the europeans tend to prevail in that sense of that's why the spanish italian french English sort of dominated fields, but I'm trying to think. The last Japanese winner, maybe my mind's gone blank. But I'm thinking like Nakano didn't win a race. I don't think Ayama didn't win a race in GP. It might have been. Oh, I don't know. I think we should get Sonoda and. In... Uh, hold on, because I just found a list. Be another Daniel of... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Have you seen um like the George Russell kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, where he's like he walks behind him and he's just sat behind him, isn't he? <laughs> he's stood. <laughs> yeah, he's stood, but he looks like he's sat behind him because he's that small. And it's the interview one where <laughs> George Russell like finishes the interview and steps to the left yeah. and there's just <laughs> I'm trying to think, him. would it be Tamada? I'm just looking at riders from Japan that I can think of. Uh, We're talking about early 2000s. Mm. Are we going back even further? I think it would have been him, you know. Was that 2001? 2004-ish, because he was on that Camel Honda. Before, you know when um, Honda, uh, sorry, when Rossi went to the Camel 2006 bike that I like, before that, Biaggi was on it because if you remember, like the South Africa uh, race that Rossi won on, he, he was racing Biaggi when he had the Camel Honda, and Tamada raced with them, and I think he won. If I, I think it would be Makoto Tamada. Um. Anyway, Nic- while, Nicano while... didn't win a race, but yeah, I think it would have been Makoto Tamada. And the point being that yeah, Japan have really got to 
if Japan had a race winner in modern day, like that would be huge be for national, whatever manufacturer it is. Which be a national be holiday in Japan, I think. So Tam- Tamada's last one was the 2004 MotoGP Japanese Grand Prix. Japan- he oh, Japan. Yeah. Wow. Ta- that would well, have been huge. Or uh, so. This list I found, it shows, like, all the winners in, like, MotoGP history. So it's showing, like, if if you're talking the newest, it would be Tatsuki Suzuki, but that was a Moto3 win. Yeah, Mizano 2019. Uh, no, it's showing a 2020 Jerez. Did he win at Jerez? No, but like Tatsuki his, his, his first win would have been Mizano. Oh yeah, yeah, twenty nineteen Mizano. The la- his last win was Jerez last year. Yeah, yeah. But then like Nakagami, you got the two thousand sixteen Moto Two Dutch TT, or the two thousand seventeen Moto Two British Grand Prix. Mm. Yeah, isn't it? But, like I say, I think on the topic of what we were talking about, I think Nakagami needs to get a podium, otherwise. He- he could possibly see himself out of a seat if yeah. Alagora pulls his finger out because the the very ruthless Honda, very yeah. very ruthless. When sometimes they don't need to be, but if they've got a Japanese talent that they can kind of pull through, and they're going to be like, "Look, Nakagami." I mean, how long's Nakagami been GP now? I think he moved up in twenty. I want to guess at seventeen, eighteen. Would it have been? Let's say it's. I'm trying to think now. Twenty. It's definitely 2018 that he would have been up there. Surely. Surely he was there by 2018. So let's say 2021, 2020, 2019, 20. He's had at least four years on it. Mm-hmm. And he's not on the podium. Like when there's that team have won with Crutchlow. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, the Japanese yeah. being the Japanese are going to be saying, well, if you can't, then we'll get somebody that can. Exactly. Someone yeah, so... else, someone younger. Yeah. But, and obviously Nakagami's yeah. not young, is he? He's probably got to be, what, 30? 30. 30. I think yeah. he's 30. So, um, I mean, indeed. obviously, he's, he's in his prime years, I would say, if you're around mm. 30. Um, and you're not going to get... I don't want to sound like I'm saying that this is impossible, but for me, when you're 30, you're not going to get in a fitter physical state, so to speak. Like you're good, You can maintain that, but to get fitter and to get you know, more and more, I can't see it personally. Mm. So, yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. No. Rider of the day? Uh, <laughs> yeah, rider of the day. Well, no, wait. Nakagami is 29. Yeah. He's born 92. Yeah. Josh, who are you taking for rider of the day? You haven't gone first yet? Mm. Oh, I don't God. care if Josh takes mine. I'm still having it. I'm not. <laughs> I'll just go Rins. Okay. Rins is my rider of the day for a, a solid fourth place. Not sarcastically. Um, yeah, he didn't, well, didn't fall off. <laughs> but <laughs> no, it was just a, it was a good race. We know he likes his track. Um, it's one of his favourites. Mm-hmm. And a strong performance and a solid ride. And this is what we like to see from Rins. This is what he's capable of. So, yeah. Yeah. Wins. Bono, um, we all know you're taking Quattro. <laughs> Jesus. He's coming home. 
It's coming over yeah. to Fabio, big time. Coming home to France. I don't, I don't. I don't care what Josh says. If if Fabio wins this, you will never hear the end of it until the next year starts. And even <laughs> if when the next year starts, I will be. I'll be. Basically, assigning we'll talk- him as Sir Fabio once he wins. Because <laughs> we'll be talking about other race winners, and Bono's going to be like, "Yes, but do you remember who won the championship last year?" <laughs> hey, uh, hey, I I've I've watched the team win the 2015 world title, fight for the 2015 world title within the team, and gone down, down, <laughs> below sub zero, further down to the core of the earth. And have all of a sudden spring back up again. So I, I've, I'm not saying I've been through the tough times because I'm not an Aprilia fan. And, yeah. you know, the, the, that's a whole other ballpark. But how happy it makes me to see Yamaha back at the top. You will, you will see this. If, if I turn 21, right, and Fabio wins the world title in the same week, I probably won't see the, the light of day for about three mm-hmm. days. I think that'll be the best weekend and or, best week of my if life. If he DNFs at Misano. If he DNFs at Misano, <laughs> I probably won't see the, the light of day for the rest of my life. I'll probably be dead. I'll probably be on the end of Brighton Pier jumping off it, I'll be honest with you. That's probably where I'll be. Anyway, Matt, who's yours? See, and this is why I was okay going last, because I knew ne- neither one of you were going to I know what Matt's going to pick. He's going to pick Bastianini. I'm taking Takanakagami. Really? And here's what? why. You right now, you two can go into our discord. I posted something in there. Everyone else go on Twitter and uh, search at Moto Visualize. Oh, God. It's it's his guy. He does, you know, 18 bit animations of the race. When you watch uh, like lap three, Taka just drops off. And then for the rest of the video, he's just moving up slowly, slowly. It's like I'm watching this video and I'm like, where could he have finished? Yeah, but like, that, if the point he, is you give the rider of the day 17, on where he did finish, and you're giving him yes, he a rider did finish seventeenth. But when I watch that, I'm like, oh, that's some ride. To he was so far back, and to just work like through the whole race, just making up seconds to finish seventeenth. He he could have finished. You know, nineteenth was last place. Ah. He, he could, could have, have finished, finished 19th. Wherever. He didn't. He finished 17th. <laughs> I'm giving it to him because of the performance. He he could have finished 19th and been like, you know, the Morbidelli was 49 seconds back. He would have probably been like almost a minute back. But he, he was able to finish 17th. Yeah, but I, like I said, when I watched that video, I was, like the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. And then I, when I watched it over, I'm like, Look at Taka go. <laughs> that has to be the most bizarre reason I've ever heard for justifying yeah, a seventeenth place rider of the day. It's, it was just I when I saw that I'm like I'm giving him my rider of the day because that is to watch how far back he was. So basically, right? I'm not going to use that example. I'm going to no, no. I'm, I'm, ignore me. If, <laughs> if, if Marquez crashed at Cota, right, went to the back, but because he's quicker than everybody else, but still finished seventeenth, you'd give it Mark. Yeah, if I saw that same performance <laughs> from Mark, I'd give it to That has to be the dumbest reason I've ever heard from Rider of the Day. Care. Just why did he win? Why has he won Rider of the Day? Because he's quick. Because Where did he finished though. Oh, oh, he, didn't, he didn't finish anywhere good, but he's quick. Yeah, he fin- finished 17th, but he 
made up probably 30 seconds in that race. Pecco would be, okay, then I take back my ride of the day for Mugello. I pick Pecco. He crashed, <laughs> but he was leading the race. So for that reason, I give him rider of the day. You're Probably talking to someone I, who... I, I give him rider of the day in Germany for that recovery ride. But he actually finished fifth, not 17th. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking to the same person who gave Dennis Onchu a rider of the day after he wiped out five people. And Bovier. Yes. Yes, and Bovier. Yeah. Yeah, Bobier crashed out of the last lap of Reth and still managed to pluck a rider of the day. I mean, he's not doing <laughs> my, bad, is he? My riders of the day don't have to make sense. It's how I feel. <laughs> God almighty. Well, I mean, uh, I've, heard, I've heard some stuff on this podcast, but that has to top yeah. it. That, that is topping the list this year of yes. the biggest bullshit I've ever heard. <laughs> rider of the day for seven... I can't get over that. That's mental. <laughs> If Fabio, no, you think that's worse than when I took on you. If, if Fabio <laughs> at Mizano, right, I'm giving him round of the day. Why? I'm Why? Giving him round of the day because he's well. leading the championship. Because he's leading the championship. <laughs> okay. The uh, round of the day doesn't even have to I'm... be you are the rider of the day. It just has to be you. You impressed. You that. rode. Yeah. You impressed. You did that. something impressive. Jesus. Uh, Special okay, look. It impressed Matt. So you, even if you're slow, yep. you've impressed him. So it's rather than a day. Yep. Cal Crutchlow. When when did he have that one-off livery? Yeah, didn't even race. Just like no. rider of the testing. <laughs> hey, for <Cal> testing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Jesus. Wow. Uh, yeah, looking at uh, fantasy. Uh, nothing changed. It's all the same spots. Yeah, I don't even yeah, need to go please. through that. I, yeah. yeah. Sucks. I, again, yeah. Fantasy, if they could give me a penalty of two race ban, I'll do the Dennis on you treatment if it means I, I want a title. I don't care. I want to point out one that I saw as I was looking through it set triple seven six five or down on 11th. I don't think they're participating anymore. I don't think anyone from eighth down is because they all still, all three still have their uh their boost, but triple seven six five has gold riders, Morbidelli and Rossi. Team Yamaha Silver Riders Quattararo and Vinales. I don't think they've updated that. <laughs> Something tells me he's a Yamaha fan. I don't, I don't know what's yeah, telling me that. You think? I saw that. I'm like, you, where, where am I? Fifth. You're yeah, fifth. Yeah. Anybody from okay then? Well, anybody from fifth down's not not bothered because <laughs> I, I've only just realised I've still got two boosts left. Which yes, I can assure you that's being put on Pecco for Mizano because I'm like, come on, Pecco, <laughs> give me some points, but leave Fabio alone for the real race. Like just just leave him. It's I I swapped out uh, Mir for Benyaya for this next race or Bastianini for this next race. Interesting. I so, mean, it'd be interesting if I was fighting for anything, but I'm not. So yeah, yeah go, cool. <laughs> I've all interest in life. Like literally, someone could tell me I've, I'm getting married next week. It could be immediate family. I don't care. Like literally, <laughs> I don't care. The only thing I care about in that now is Fabio and a world title. They are the two things in life <laughs> that are the only interest I have in life. Screw yeah. university. Screw everything. <laughs> If someone said to me, I've got a gig for you, it's on the Sunday of Mizano, and you're playing at Wembley, I'd have to contemplate it, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'd have to contemplate going. Really uh, good. Real quick. If, I, if I turned that down and then he crashed, I'd... Phew, don't be near me on that day, please. 
I I wanted to ask you this, Bono, like an impromptu stump Bono, because as I was looking through this list of winners, what country do you think has the most MotoGP wins? And that's between all classes. All classes? Yeah, Moto3, Moto2, 125. What nation, just the nation. GP. Yes, and what nation do you think has the most wins? Um, just the nation. I don't. I'd say it's between it's between us, Spain, and Italy. It has to be. Actually, America might not be doing bad, but saying that they've dropped off for a significant amount of years. I'll say Italy. Correct. Italy has eight hundred and fifty-three wins. Spain is in second with six hundred and sixty-nine. And UK in third with 409. Boom! United, got the right three countries. Let's go. <laughs> United States is in seventh with 173. But after them, after the US, it drops to France in eighth with 96. So the top, we'll do top seven because that's where, if seven's where it drops off. Italy in first, Spain second, UK third. Uh, Australia fourth, Japan fifth. Up there, yeah. Yep, Japan fifth, Germany in sixth, and United States in seventh. Germany in fifth. Germany, yep. Fifth or sixth? Sixth. One hundred and seventy-seven wow. wins and twenty-eight riders. That that does baffle me. I mean, the mm-hmm. Germany's success rate in the last twenty years is just other than Bradl. That's kind of just spiraled off and a, and a race win from Philip Ertl. Um, but Peter Ertl, um, who was the other guy? Oh, forget his name. Um, like Ralph. I said, there's been 28 in the history of MotoGP. Oh, the guy that won, I think he won the 250 world title. Ralph Voldman, is that his name? I don't know. Anyway, um, Germany's success rate has spiraled in the last 20 years. Oh, really. yeah. Last 10 years specifically. There's no really threat threatful german rider other than schrotter but he's not winning what, anything what country do you think is last Maybe they have they've, one they've won, a, they've won a race but they've never done they have else. one win and one rider on the list you know what oh no it wouldn't be them i was gonna say czech republic but then i forgot lucas peshek exists <laughs> i was like no it won't be them um one rider and one win can i can i ask what year I have. I'd have to scroll through the entire list, or you could just look up that rider and see what race he won. I don't okay, even well, know. It... Do that. Let me think. 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 But it's not South Africa because obviously Brad's won two, and Darren Binder's won one. So it'd be and he's Brad Binder's won more. If, actually, I keep forgetting it's more than just UP because Brad Binder obviously won twenty sixteen Moto three. One country that's won one thing. Um. Oh, part of me wants to say Argentina, thinking of Sebastian Porto, but I don't think it would be him. I think he... One rider, one country. Is it a very niche country? Am I never going to get this, really? Uh, It's not a niche one, so to speak. There are a few riders from this country. That are racing today? Yes. Really? 
Yes. Why can't I it's find not Portugal, this? Because Miguel's won a fair few. Is this Miguel? Riders that are racing they... in GP today that's niche. It's not niche, but they've only won one race. Oh, okay, maybe not in GP, but in motorcycle race. Oh, there it is. Found it. Okay. Uh, maybe not in GP specifically, but in motorcycle racing as a whole. Okay, what year was this race win? 2018. Moto3. 2018 Moto3? Yes. They won a race in 2018. Oh my god, I feel like I'm wasting every listener's time just thinking about this, and the pressure is unbelievable. <laughs> um, 2018. Oh, my mind's going blank. Let me think, let me think, let me think, let me think. 2018 races. Uh... Oh, this is hard. You are really testing me. When you, when I say this person's name, you will probably throw your headphones. 2018, Moto3. I will not give you the race because that will probably give it away. Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Please let me think. Do, 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 I'm trying to think. Who would it be? <laughs> oh oh no wait have they won more than one have they won more than one let me think let me think no who are you thinking then. turkey it's turkey it's turkey. chan on chu chan on chu won in 2018 the wins yep oh my god that was yes oh. That was Turkey hard. has one win with one rider. Uh, if they that was, would that win, that's a trivia question for me. That's yes, good. I like that. That's very good. Yeah. So, and it was like I'm scrolling through this list. I'm like, he only has one win. There's only so many people who have one win. Why can't I find this red flag with <laughs> a star and a moon in it? Because there's a bunch of Swiss ones too that are in this list. Yeah, but obviously he's like, won a handful of races, so yeah. He's and then, clear of course, he's like right near the bottom too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but obviously, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but in Switzerland, it's actually illegal to race motorcycles. It's it's fine to ride them, but it's illegal to race motorcycles really? in Switzerland. So if you are a Swiss rider, you have to then leave the country to at least race. Right. Even even at like That's... junior level, if you're racing mini motos or anything i think i don't know if it's actually over a certain cc but i believe it to be all racing you have to leave the country to race huh that's well so real quick full list and then we'll cut we'll be done uh italy spain united kingdom australia japan germany united states france this is why i brought this up switzerland's ninth mm. for most wins and then road Rhodonesia? Rhodesia, yeah, that would have been. Yeah. What's his name? They've had three riders. They've won a world championship because it's not a country anymore. They won with. Jim... What's his name? Look it up. Like if you look, if you look up into that country, look who won for them. It'd be the same guy the whole way through. I can't think of his name. He won uh, the 1960 championship. I think it was. Jesus. Uh, Netherlands, South Africa, Finland, Venezuela, New Zealand, Sweden, San Marino gets their own. Yeah, East Germany, Angelis and, and uh, Manuel Pagiali, they both. 
rode under the San Marino flag. Yeah, East Germany, Portugal, Austria, Hungary, Brazil, Argentina, Ireland, Belgium, Czechoslovakia, Canada, Czech Republic, Malaysia, and then Turkey. I'm eating myself up because I'm one year wrong on a championship that held 39 years before I was born. <laughs> in that it was Gary Hocking that won the 1961 World Championship. Oh, God damn me. Sl- you're slipping. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like still to only have three riders and you've won 70 moto gp races in history who was that like uh rodonesia oh really they've got three riders that won three riders 70 really? wins the netherlands and south africa are tied behind them for with 57 wow yeah wow the stuff you find when you google moto gp winners <laughs> Well, why do you think I know what I know? I just, you know, I've definitely not sat there in past years just nerding out over the most yeah. stupid trivia of GP. But here I am now when you ask a random question and I'm like... <laughs> okay, give me the top five mo- winners in history. Top five? What? Race winners top over five. all categories? Yes. Okay, well, it'll be Agostini top. Yes. Rossi second. Yes. Um, in no particular order, I'm just going to throw names. It'll be, I think, Angel Nieto would have to be in that list. Third. Marquez, maybe? Fourth. Fifth. This um, is an old one. I'd say maybe Aspen, raced, I don't think it'd be in. Raced from 58 to 67. 58 to 67? 67, yeah. No. Hellwood. Yes, Mike Hellwood. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. You see? It's hard to stump Bono. <laughs> On the spot as well. It's just like. Yeah. Oof. This is yeah, why. So... Um, not to give anything away or not that. Yeah, whatever. But this is why I've said to you without revealing to get said person on because I think it would be good to be doing a stump blank name the person i've recommended to get on and if you're listening you know who you are um, <laughs> i keep fighting your corner to uh, sort that out we'll, we'll get it sorted but it would be would be good because i seem to find myself having a partner in crime to pick out random trivia and them go oh yeah like the da da race and i'm like oh my god yes <laughs> I oh my god my fellow nerd <laughs> There's another one of me. <laughs> Which for you is going to be hell because you're going to have to find oh, yeah. lots of stumping to be doing. I've got three planned, so. Oh my gosh. Like the off episode content I have planned is next level. I've got Stump Bunno's planned. I have a fantasy draft planned. Wow. I'm looking forward to so, doing that though. It should be fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that'll do it for today. And remember, keep the throttle pinned.